Hey, what's up, Beaker? It's all dark there, man. What's going on? Well, is this thing on? Yeah, it's on. Do you remember how to do this? You haven't recorded with me in quite some time. No, I don't remember the camera settings, and also it just said just busy. I don't. You just know turned why. your camera off. Why'd you do that? I didn't. Uh, that's another thing. It was working fine this whole time. Had some and then cable issue. It. Now it says error. See? Fucking technical difficulties. You know what? As soon as you, you have, move. You have until the end of this. As soon as you go somewhere, travel. You have until the end of this intro to get it right. Is the glory, but E Buggy pays the bills. Welcome to episode number 175 of the No Name RC podcast. We have everybody's favorite guest joining us for the first time. Well, co host, sorry. I don't know if you're a guest or co host now. You come on her so rarely. I don't I'm know. Guest. Yeah, but how do you make the intro then if you're a guest? I don't know. Maybe I'm a co host then. Yeah, so this is the first time we've actually recorded in many, in months. I would say since last year. Since I was there. No, no, we didn't. We did a live, yeah, like recording. You know where I can erase all the bad stuff that you say when you do it live. I have no choice but to let it fly. So, uh, welcome everybody to episode one seventy five of the No Name RC podcast. I'm your host, Keenan White, aka Left to the Great. To my virtual left is you know the man with many nicknames who only wants one nickname, but that will never happen because he has many different personalities. We have. JQ, aka Beaker, and soon, hey, RCGP is coming up, and he's going to turn into the sheriff, and that's Rupert Pumpernickels. But welcome back Different to the show. Different type of sheriff, though. Yes, Not we're going to get into that. Sheriff. We're going to get into that because you know there was a lot of, lot of Facebook ho hum about you last week. Uh, we're going to talk about that. But welcome back, JQ. It's good to have you in studio. I know we was trying to do this live after DNC, but to be honest, there's Two, two days that we had, like Monday and Tuesday, we were so tired. We had to do stuff. It just never happened. And then Wednesday, we kind of just got caught up being tourists and never got to 
record. Uh, and then you have to get home, you know, shovel snow and all that stuff. So finally, I think you're somewhat recovered. I'm, I've been recovered and it's good. We're going to talk about DNC. We're going to talk about, uh, what happened after, after our last recording. It's a lot to talk about. Uh, so so my, my recovery, I get home. First of all, I have to shovel all the snow you saw on Instagram, mm -hmm. which took a while. Then my van is actually stuck. So when the weather is like it is here it sort of it gets above zero so snow starts melting then it freezes so then it turns to ice and then that happens a few times so there's like layers of ice and then new snow falls onto that right so my car had sank into the ice so all four tires were sort of like five centimeters deep in ice so <laughs> the tires would just spin it wouldn't go anywhere so tried everything for probably an hour and then had to call someone to come and pull me out. Pull you out. Well, yeah. we both had extreme weather because then I get home and then like, it's like the flood all over again. I have not seen so much rain fall where it actually filled up my front yard. You know, you've been to my house. So that yard was full. I was able to drive my jet boat and the, like, I was so worried. We had put all like the, the, the couches and everything up on like other cultures, like on chairs. So everything was above. We fully thought that the water was going to come in the house. Luckily it didn't. You have it, experience of that. Well, that was, yes. Okay. So that was not actually my fault or the fault of rain. That was old fittings on the bathroom that that caused that biblical flood in the house when you was her, uh, you know, I was super embarrassed about that, but I, that was out of my hands. Uh, but yeah, it's the sun's out. It just rained a little bit just now, but yeah, it's, it's typical weather here in the DR, but that was a lot of rain. Um, before I go on any further, I'd like to say thank you and shout out to the NNRC squad around the world. We can't do it without you guys. Thank you for all the love that you show us sharing. Uh, I just noticed that we went over 2000 subs on YouTube finally. So like 2003, keep hitting that sub button yeah, and, uh, 400 on discord. Yes, yes, 400 on Discord. I haven't been active in the Discord lately. Kind of been, you know, kind of taking a little break. You know, DNC was, DNC was like a lot of RC, dude. I enjoyed it, but you know, uh, just enjoying dude, some time with the family here. That trip was so tiring. Actually, I know, we're gonna it, talk about it. The whole, the whole, uh, the whole DR followed immediately by uh, yes. uh, DNC. And then the DNC trip, when I came home, I was so exhausted. I slept. So I arrived home, dig out my van. I went to bed at 8 p.m. Mm -hmm. I got up like sometime in the afternoon the next day. Really? I think around noon, actually. And then motocross MXGP was on um, at 1 p.m. So I started watching that. And then I, I slept through most of that. I slept like three hours then in the afternoon. Then I then I went to bed again and uh, woke up the next morning. So I basically like I was sleeping there for I don't know how many hours that is. Oh, dude. Then, then even one night after that, I slept 13 hours again. Yeah, I could see that. So, I yeah. slept. I went sleep probably late as usual, like 11-ish. But I usually wake up 6.30, 6 o'clock, 6.30, 7 at my latest. Dude, I woke up 10 o'clock, three days in a row. Like, 
Oh, and then took naps throughout the day. I was tired. It wore me out. But we'll talk about that and a little bit more. And also, um, let me finish my thanks, sir. Thank you to the patrons of the podcast. We can't do it without you guys. If you wish to be a patron of the podcast, you get early release. You'll get early release of this podcast. Actually got three early releases this week. Um, and uh, yeah, thank you for all that support. The link for that is in the written description of this podcast. And yeah, we did do a, we did do three podcasts this week. So we did a recap with Tony, Max, and myself of DNC. Then I did a recap of the Desert Classic, which is uh, which was a big ten scale race right after DNC that happened this past weekend with Riley Filbert, which was really good. I just dropped that uh, today that I'm recording this. Also, yesterday I recorded with uh, my buddies Paco Tapate from Mexico, Sergio Suarez from Peru and Andres Segrada from Costa Rica in the first ever No Name RC podcast, Espanol podcast. Uh, so we met with those guys. We talked a little, introduced those guys, uh, talked a little bit about their experience in RC and how it is in their areas. And then we did a little DNC talk in Spanish. So that's good. Something I've wanted to do for a while, uh, break out to the Latin America, give them something to look forward to. Uh, big market there and we we had a lot of fun in south america we need to do that again one day as well take invisible speed and nnrc on the road again um shout out to the awesome companies that support us we can't do it without you guys a big shout out to high tech invisible speed and tzo tires for helping me get to to dnc i greatly appreciate that uh check out invisible speed joseph let us let us know what's going on with the online course of invisible speed actually quite a lot now so i mean i why keep it secret so we are working on a spanish language course with mm -hmm. a robert Batier. so he Good. is going to translate the course into spanish and film videos in spanish and then we edit edit them together from what we already have so replace me with robert basically good and uh we are hoping to actually announce that with the first opening video starting to sell the course next week okay and it's going to be there's going to be kind of an exciting contest there so the idea is that uh throughout the spring and the summer all those videos will get done in spanish but we'll also do a run through so four weeks throughout this year the first one being in april there will be sort of intensive live videos uh, in Spanish then for Spanish speakers. Um, the idea is that there's one week each quarter that we do yeah. that. But the exciting contest will be that we are going to pick a winner from all the people who buy the Spanish course and also all people who buy the English online course. And that winner can join uh, myself, Robert, and David Ronnefalk before the pre-worlds in Spain huh? for testing at a track oh, really? in Spain. Yeah, Te I believe two days testing, and then we go to the world's warm-up, and then we stay also one day after. So it's ov obviously to benefit from this contest, you need to be actually going to the warm-up, or maybe if you win, you choose to go to the Maybe warm -up. it's a Spanish person. You're not. Uh, let's get that clear. Maybe, You're not paying maybe. for them to come yeah, to yeah. this that's so what i'm saying so you have to you have to get there but what you get is our attention okay. and support before during and after that uh 
event. So it's a unique opportunity for, for someone. And it's the way to win is actually that we pick the winners. And we pick the winners based on who they are, what their goals are, why they think they should get uh, get to win this contest, you know. So, so they should, run a, they should write like an essay, I think. Yeah, resume in. Like no, Pigani no, no, that's right. Write like an essay and best essay wins. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like school, I did that once. I won that once. All right. Um, good stuff about Invisible, Invisible Speed. Got a lot of love for Invisible Speed at DNC. Uh, people bought Tony a lot Ligani of books. was very surprised at all the love. Yeah, now he wants his own chapter, the memoirs of Greg Degani. Yeah, he wants me to write books. a different book, which is all about RC stories. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that we'll would be a, about that. a long book. Long book. Uh, all right. Um, let's co- oh, continue. Hold on. So thank you to all these awesome companies. Remember, everybody, links and coupon codes are in the written description of this podcast so you can save some money there's some affiliate links as well we got a little slice of that but thank you to invisible speed tzo tires high tech rc tnr fuels beach rc techno rc lugs racing tires myako jqsm g-spec rc tuning papa willie's traction tonic racecraft usa clinic rc jtp rc rcgp house of rc shout out to my boys rc kevin shout out to the viking uh, the doctor and Robert Batty and all these guys that uh, I, I think we're going to try and get Robert on the on the NNRC Espanol and uh, do some Q&A like what you do. So we'll see. All right, Joseph. So I know we're going to talk about what happened, you know, our trip and all that type of stuff and what happened with us. But uh, people got excited and saw that you was coming on the podcast. So you have some questions that you have to answer. So we're going to go right into the beach rc bench racing q a uh and you people just excited to see you you know they read this 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 actual segment is real popular with max as well so lots of people like to ask the questions so they want to get bestowed with the oracle's knowledge BeachRC.com, the racer's one-stop online hobby shop. Choose from all the popular brands and variety in stock with super fast shipping and great customer service. BeachRC.com still has the local hobby shop feel with all the benefits of the internet. BeachRC.com is the exclusive distributor for Ultimate Racing, JQ Racing, Pro Circuit Racing Tires, Nitro Lux Fuels, and Assault RC Performance Products. So fill up your cart and check out at BeachRC.com today. Thank you to BeachRC and Lucas, Brent, and the boys for their support. It was great to see Brent at DNC. Congratulations to him and SRAX on their TQ and second place with Joe Bornhorse. Uh, I saw Lucas drop the video of them rebuilding the BeachRC track for the Palmetto Classic, which happens this weekend, I think. So good luck to everybody going there. Remember, everybody, we have an affiliate link for BeachRC. If you could go there, it helps us out, gives us a little slice, and um, we greatly appreciate it. All right, so we have a lot of questions, Joseph. Obviously, we have a lot of questions about Mayako and DNC, so I'm going to filter through some of these because we're going to answer this in our chat, but I guess we might as well open it right up, uh, right off the bat. Benjamin James, is Ryan Mayfield the greatest eight-scale off-road racer of all time, or does he need to win the Worlds this year to cement that? Joseph? I think think? Ryan Mayfield is one of the greatest RC racers of all time, but he is not the greatest 1.8 scale specifically, I would say. Uh, Why do I say that? Because I think if he went to France right now, I don't think he would be uh, 
as competitive as he is in America because the racing is very, very different. And he doesn't really do those races. The last time he did, he didn't do well. I'm talking about races in Europe on actual European style tracks. Yeah. The only time the Americans actually come to Europe is when the races are on American style tracks in Europe. Mm -hmm. And that's very different to going to a track where it's all about corner speed, car setup, and uh, it's not about jumps, timing, hairpins. You know, right. it's it's so different. So I haven't really seen that from him. Like, even if we look at the worlds, uh, actually, yeah, you know, the, the worlds in Italy would be the closest to that. But mm. even that was such a ridiculous track. Like, it was so extreme. It was, I mean, I wouldn't call that your typical European track. Got you. Like a concrete surface, yeah. Yeah, it was concrete and just weird for everyone. So, I w- what I would really enjoy is to see that Americans come over to your super Euro race in uh, France or Spain or Italy or something like that. Me too. Me too. I like that, to see that. I, w- I would enjoy seeing that. But, but I do think that Ryan Mayfield is the best eight-scale driver at the moment. Um, well, no, I disagree. Well, because, he, like I said, like if he came to Europe, then he is on Ongaro's soil, you know? So yeah, but do I you mean, then say, like, okay, so uh, Ongaro is, has been winning everything, basically, for a few years in Europe, right? Uh, Mayfield has been winning everything in America. Then throw in the mix, uh, Ron Nefalk, who has been really strong in America and Europe, and all all the other Europeans. So what then? Like it's he is winning a lot, yes, but he's winning the American races. Well, that's so, all he's been going to. That's all that's been happening. Uh, I lately. I know. So I would I think that it's. It's easy to say that, but it's not easy if you think a bit further. Well, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. All the races and who can actually win at DNC, also win at Montpellier, also win Bagiland, like wherever they go. That's really who. Well, we'll see that. We'll see that soon because hopefully he'll be at Relevant, and we don't know how that's going to be, but it's probably going to be Euro style track. It's going to be huge. And it's gonna. I think it's gonna be all about corner speed and whatnot. Um, so you got a chance I mean, to see Spanish tracks these days. They have a lot of jumps, but I would still class them more as European tracks, like Redovan. Yeah, I mean it depends a bit on the layout that they do, mm-hmm. but in the past I would say definitely. But, Sorry, but right definitely now it would be more Euro. Right now I have to say right now he's at the top actual. Like if there's a number one drive, like the the top twenty five has him at number one, and I can't argue with that. You know, right now, and yeah, I mean, he has the American scene covered. Now, to say it, will he be going on as the greatest eight scale driver ever? That's hard to say because there's lots of eight scale drivers out there that have more accomplishments, and they don't have worlds. You know what I mean? So, um, and then there's drivers out there with more accomplishments, and they have a worlds. So, like, I think he's just at a period of time where we're seeing him run extremely good, 
You know, Ty Tessman had years like this. Cavallari had years like this. Tebow has had years like this. So I don't right know. now, Did Cavallari have years like this in Aitsko. I not I would really. Say yes, definitely. Tessman had years like this. Right, but um, not Tebow like, had years like this when Tebow was right. on Kyosho. Like one year he won every race, pretty much. You know, Cavallari not so much, but he has had some spurts. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Cav Cavallari's won all the races. But I, I can't remember a time where it was like he's run a yeah, string Cavalier of races, dominating right. in eight scale right now. But I, I think a lot. What a lot of people also, I've watched. What I think the difference with Mayfield's program now is his ability to uh, change his driving style within a race, and uh, if when he makes mistakes, he's able to accommodate for that and not go crazy. Uh, if you tell him to save fuel, he'll save fuel. I saw that at at the nationals. And I just think he's making better decisions than people. He gets out to that lead. He doesn't worry about uh, qualifying too much. Maybe back in the day, he was worried about being TQ. And I was like, I don't care as long as I'm in the vein and I'm not way in the back. And he's figured out a way to get out front and not look back. And the only person that's been able to catch him when he's out front like that, or well, sorry, he did it once, was Dakota Fenn at Southern Nationals when he caught Mayfield making mistakes. If you yeah. made an uncharacteristic mistakes and then uh fend was just faster at the ams i believe it was um but yeah, mayfield is just uh really comfortable and confident right yes. now he doesn't even need to be the fastest he's just fast enough doesn't make mistakes he drives like at a pace where he can do it consistently mm -hmm. and that pace is fast enough to win and he can dial it up when he has to that's what yes. that's the good thing he, about it. like he he could go faster if he needs to you know, but he yeah. doesn't need to. Like he's that good right now. No. I agree with you. And and there's and we'll talk more about this. But good question. I don't think he's the best ever. I think there's some others in there that can can do with that. We have we have a world's coming up. We could possibly have the we can have uh we have well we have Ty Tasman, Ranafalk, and Ongaro. So we have three chances to have a two the second two time champion here. And I might have missed somebody, but I don't think anybody's in they're running I would, anymore for I Robert, would say uh, that not Robert. I would say that uh, Mayfield is stronger in eight scale buggy right now than he's ever been before. Yes, yes. That yes. I would say. And uh, right now he is definitely one of the very best. I wouldn't say that he is the all time best. You know, yeah, if I we want to talk about the all time best, I think we have to uh, wait some more years because these guys have been so evenly matched and also they don't they haven't really raced enough together mm -hmm. you know there's just saying. like one race two races like it's just you can't really judge that well when they don't race together and the one race they race is like dnc yeah ideally <laughs> ideally it's, not, it's not right to judge what would be that. great would be great would be if a lot of the Americans went over for the warm-up race. That would be awesome. Mm -hmm. And then we could say, all I right, so, so we have that. Then we would have the world. So that'd be three races. So we can judge things on. Uh, but unfortunately, I, I have a feeling that a lot of them, they have such a busy schedule. You I mean, we have the Nats coming up this weekend, I believe. I wish, they, no, next I wish it was a thing where Americans would go over to do the Euro warm-up. That would be great. That's, that's a race that it's on the Euros track. So it's right. a European style track most of the time. It goes to different countries. 
that's a race that they are allowed to do. They can do it. All the best European drivers go there. So it would kind of be a natural race to do. So then we yes. can have this. It's almost like a Worlds, but it's a Euros warm-up race. Yeah, know? and it's unfortunate because the Europeans make the effort to come over for DNC and Silver State. You know, and those racers have earned that right. I'm not going to say they haven't, but it will be good to see. We don't have that. Well, you know what? We kind of don't have that race anymore. Neo was that race, but it was yeah, but like even a, that, that it was an American was style. Yes, yes, I know bar. what you mean. Like, I but at least we got see... them over there. Yeah, but I want to see these guys race in Europe on a European track yeah. more than like once every six years when the worlds are here. That would be good. All right. Excuse me. Chris Boyder. This was a big topic. I didn't because I didn't watch online, but I saw somebody started this rumor and it was flying all throughout YouTube and all this stuff during the race. Chris Boyder, congratulations on the success at DNC. Let's address the elephant in the room. Was an HB rear clip used on the e-buggy prototype at DNC. I think that uh, I know who started this rumor. And if I remember correctly, because I just saw the name, it's a guy who has like covered in tattoos, face tattoos, all that stuff, you know? Yeah, you know I that? he definitely does is not like you. Guy? Yeah, is yeah, I don't guy? think he likes you. Yeah. Derek Tarrant or I, something like that. I think is. that ink has bled into his brain or oh, something. God. Because it was so funny. So he says that, oh, they're running HB, this and that. Then someone posted a picture of the, of the Mayako. And it, no, he posted a picture of the Mayako. Then people were like, okay, there are no HB parts on there. Like, he was the saying that the aluminum about? hubs were HB parts. And then oh my God. So, I think Chris, yeah. And then that, and then, uh, of course, that led, and then Chris says that he thinks Cole said something in his race report, but I don't know if this is at us. Yeah, Cole said that other, like other brands are using. So apparently, S Works actually are using uh, HB arms, but again, I didn't go to look, so I don't know. That's just what people were saying. But for Mayako, we used the the HB battery holder, the plastic battery holder on the e-buggy. The e-buggy, yeah. Right. And then the the front long chassis brace, that orange brace, because the Mayako sample broke. <laughs> so they manufactured it wrong. So it broke, like first time you ran the car, it basically broke. So we ordered a bunch of them. So we used the HB front brace and the HB battery holders. Okay, so there the you e go, full HB that's, car. That's what we, we used. And on the Nitro... Um, David used HB springs and, uh, which actually were, they were harder to drive because the car was more sort of bouncy and aggressive, but faster if you could control it. So he ran them. I preferred the Mayako ones. So that's how HB our cars were, I guess. Yeah, he was adamant on this being yep. a complete and Yeah, and I heard the same thing, but HB we were clip. basically running the HB rear end. But I don't know how that started because there were no HB parts on the rear end. No idea. So. I know how it started because it's the internet. All right, uh, Kyle Neary, he asks, what, what does Ryan Mayfield know that we all don't know? There's one thing to be consistent, but consistently winning everything. He knows something that we do not deal with the devil. 
I don't know, man. We just talked about that. Uh, Joe Zaire, he has a good question for you. I think we should probably address this on uh, in when we talk about our truck. But he wants to know, did JQ expect such a quick success with the car? And if, if this success continues, is JQ ready to be a mainstream figure? I listened to Extra Lap the other day, and they were, like, pumped about the Mayako. Like, they couldn't believe it. So I, do you want to address um, that in, the, in our conversation? What well, do you want to answer it now? So okay. I think that everything went better than expected. So of course we had we had our issues like the first day everything was breaking and falling off and fig figuring stuff out and then like 3 days later the car was really good and then there was a club race at the end of that week and uh David lapped everyone in 15 minutes which was quite ridiculous. Also, during the practice, he was like so much faster than everyone who showed up. It was crazy. And then for DNC itself, it started off a bit shaky because the track was so different. But we made some setup changes and then he was more comfortable. But like I could tell that it was nowhere near as good as it it was for the practice track or that club race, just because the layout was so different. But then he pulled off the win in e-buggy and Nitro, he had a really good pace after his disaster of, of uh, beginning, those first five minutes. Uh, but he still sort of unlapped himself a bit and caught back up to the pack and was even in the battle for the podium, third place, ended up fifth. When I look at the race, I, I would still say it was better than expected uh, to win e-buggy and fifth in nitro with a good pace is I think really good for him having driven the car for the first time one month prior and also before that the last time he drove eight scale was in October mm -hmm. the last time he raced was in October so taking all of that into account I think it was better than expected and like my goals or my like personal expectations or goals was just to not have a disaster because I'm so used to uh, failure basically on all kinds of fucking levels, both things that are in my control and things that aren't that I just decided like, you know what, whatever happens, happens. Let's try and just avoid a fucking massive failure. <laughs> so, of course, like that was my mindset. So, like, I'll take anything at this point. That that was how I was thinking. Mm -hmm. But how we were working was basically to go and win it. Does that make sense? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah. attitude going in was like, we're going to win ni Nitro and E-Buggy. That was the attitude. But if I'm honest with myself, like what what I believed in my heart, in my mind, how I was approaching it was like, just fucking make the main and finish. And I'll be I get okay. that. I like get that. that. That's that was where I was. All right. How about becoming a mainstream figure? I think you was a mainstream figure all this time. Uh, you have been. Um, I think. Yeah, real values they, even even yet to be exposed yet and that's with your knowledge and the invisible speed and all that stuff so for yeah, me yeah but but uh there's 
I I know what they mean mm -hmm. because like there was like this, positive just, mainstream this, person I guess that's no, the word I no, would say just for. last week there was this guy on on YouTube who made a comment like why would you listen to someone who doesn't win like right, on one of right. my videos or something and that that's basically the attitude people have like people think that if if you are successful in the way that you win races then you must know something like whoever wins the race must understand how to tune an engine the best whoever uh, wins he must understand setup uh whoever wins he must be the best at basically everything like that's how people think so mm -hmm. if you don't win then obviously you can't tune an engine obviously you can't set up a car obviously you don't know what's happening right that's, well, that's how ignorance. people think so that's ignorant no no but that's how people think and that's how people perceive things so if I designed the exact same car and David wasn't driving it and I was in the C main or B main in e-buggy, whatever, then people would have one view of the car, right? Yes. Now yes. David wins e-buggy and he is very fast in nitro buggy, finishes fifth. He TQs around. Now it's like, oh my God, the Mayako is so amazing. You know, it's the same fucking car, right? People are not able to objectively look at something absorb information research come up with a with an informed opinion right they take a sound bite of a result and that's how they determine if something is good or not it's not like that like you can have something that's not really very good but a driver has an amazing day or at in particular conditions a bad car is good enough for a good driver to do well right mm. You know, you could have that situation or you could have a situation where a car is really good and a driver does really well. And, you know, the, the sort of positive opinion of it is actually correct. You know, but people don't. Most people, they don't really think very deeply about anything. So it's just like. Who's racing it? What are the results? Oh, that's good. He must know what he's doing when, to be honest, it doesn't work that way. Like, I think, I think that uh, David could have done really well two years ago with a black edition. You know, people's mm. perception of that car would have been very different to now. I I know that this car is better than the black edition, but I also know that David is good enough to where he could have driven that car really well mm. at DNC, for example. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I get that. And I'll be honest with you. Your car, like, I watched your reins and I told you this afterwards and I told you this privately. I said, dude, your car looked the best out there out of everybody's car. And I watched your car and I watched where you drove it and you drove around the bumps. Sometimes you went in the bumps. You know what I mean? But you was able to put your car wherever you wanted it. And I thought your car looked the best out there. And yeah, you may not win, but let's not get like, look, as much as I tease you about not being a good driver, you're still a a good driver. You're definitely the best one-armed beer drinking driver I've ever met. I don't think anybody can beat you in that. But uh, your car looked good. And, and I just think like, you know, your results are where they are. Your knowledge doesn't isn't based on winning. Your knowledge is based on what you've learned and applied and built your own car. And people just can't get over that. And people are going to yeah, say I mean, I'm swinging off your nuts. But that I don't think there are any sort of engineers or coaches in sports who are 
as good as the people who they coach or can race or perform whatever they need to perform with what they have designed as well as some someone else like that doesn't exist you know so like i replied to that guy on youtube so what you're saying is that no professional athlete can have a coach uh eli tomac or lewis hamilton uh, they just do everything on their own. Like no engineer can design anything for them because those engineers can't drive the cars or ride the bikes. So they don't know anything. So, you know, it's just non-thinking way of existing. Well, but like this is find a way to hate. So that's the, all it the back to. to the question, or I think it was a question or a comment, whatever. This is basically what they mean. Like the mainstream thing, mm-hmm. like these people will now have a different view or a opinion of what I'm doing because it's somehow like now it's credible. <laughs> I get you. you, I get you what see you what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I get what you mean. Also, I think that what I noticed on this trip, especially was that the YouTube videos have helped, helped a, lot. a lot because every single day I went to the track, at least one person walked up to me and thanked me for the videos. Or the book, most mostly the videos, though. Like, oh, I watched. Uh, I saw that uh, video, the tuning video, or this or that, and and a couple even said, which was the coolest thing actually, was that I think two or three people said that uh, my videos got them into nitro. Good. Yeah. So that was the best. Yeah. Good. Good stuff. Uh, we got a lot. Actually, you did, you did get a lot of love, and so did the podcast too. Um, but definitely, your videos have helped. It was a di- we'll talk about that because it was a whole different vibe at this DNC. Uh, real quick, couple more questions, then we'll move on because we've been on this a little bit too long. Jeff Werner, uh, what's up, Coach? Happy belated birthday! Any updates you can give us on how the young lady that your know, JQ Threads is sending to school? The girl in Nigeria, and also, how are you doing with the? How is she doing with her dream of designing clothes? Uh, well, she's done with this school now, so it was two years, and now, now basically, she has to start hustling. So there's this uh, website that she started her own page where she can start selling her creations. Afri Crea, it's called AfriCrea.com. Yeah. So Africa and create, create, I think. Okay. So yeah, so basically now she's doing I that. I saw you had so. some of that stuff on Instagram too. Yeah, I haven't yeah. really been very active with JQ3. You've been kind of busy. Really been any You've been time, busy. Yeah, so. But that's where that project is. So. How about the kids in cool. Mozambique? Yeah, the, I mean, that story was basically the roof of the school flew off in a in a storm so we put the roof back on the school well actually one of the buildings couldn't afford all three and then have just been sending on average i would say 10 kids to school and the idea was that they they use they make these uh, wristbands that they sell to tourists so instead of them having to walk around selling those i i just order like a hundred each month basically so i send it's just 140 dollars each month send it down there it it basically funds like 10 to 12 uh children's 
school and there's money left over okay. for the family too. So that, I mean, that was also a project that was uh, supposed to be a bit more than just that, but at least it's that for now. So maybe later on can do, do some more things there. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, all right. Next question up is from, these are a lot of like questions about, I think we're going to address a lot of this stuff, but I just want to ask them. Uh, Beaker, what did you learn from David, from Steve Chamberlain? What did you learn from David about race setup and did, that you didn't already know or do before? Okay. So Give me one thing that you learned from Ronafout that you never done before. That I've never done before? Yeah, that you well, learned from him and that well, you... Well, for setup, I don't think there was anything like that. But I think maybe the most interesting thing and te teachable thing for people is that everyone always says that the best drivers, they can win with any anything, like, yeah, that's true if they are up against no competition, right? If they go to some local club, club race with Lefty and his buddy racing, then yeah, they can win with basically anything, right? But if they are racing equally skilled and talented drivers, they can't win with just anything. They need to have really good equipment and the setup needs to be really good. and Everything needs to be perfect. And that's really the biggest difference between 99.9% .9 of people out there and the elite. So it, it, it even became a joke uh, preparing for DNC. How many times David rebuilt his car and how much he spent, how much time he spent working on his car versus driving his car, right? Mm -hmm. Every time, for example, uh, Nick Hernandez, of course, Nick. Uh, who's doing that TZO tires? He started it. Like he, he's like you. He comes up with nicknames, and you know, if there's some kind of running joke, most likely he has been involved at some stage of it. But it was like <laughs> he rocks up to the track every time David is rebuilding something, like whole car torn apart or doing diffs or something. Like the amount of um, time and uh, precision that goes into mm -hmm. making sure everything is right on the car is something that I think you can't appreciate until you experience that. I experienced the exact same thing when I was spending some time with uh, Ryan Cavalleria uh, a few years ago. So the level of attention to detail and the level of leaving no sto stone unturned and preparing even in practice to the best of their abilities. It's just next level. Right. Like if I think that I prepare a lot and I make everything good, I don't even do it to that level. You know, I think I'll and give an example. And, I'll give an example. The, wait, wait. So, okay. And also the feedback for the car on like things that just about every single person wouldn't comment on, like, this is fine. He would comment on that shit. Like, you know, this thing, we need to fix this. And it's like, if you built the car, you would have no clue. You, you wouldn't even notice that shit, Lefty. But he notices that stuff, right? <laughs> so attention to detail and willing to really perfect the car. That, that is something that stood out. 
Yeah, and, and wanting to win. Very, I think they want to win at. I think they want to win. Like if you talk to them, like fifth isn't good enough for him. He's like, no, no, no. no. He was really mad after the race. But yeah. this is something that's very misunderstood by most people. Yeah, I agree with that too. I, I misunderstood it at some point. Uh, yeah. I just wanted to give an example of. So Greg was telling me. I was like, so Greg, what do you think about you know David Runnerfalk and all this type of stuff? And he goes, he said the same thing. He he is he dots all his eyes and crosses all his T's and he said, I watched him sort titanium screws in the third seat of the van while we drove to Supercross or something like that, you know, and just like I like I saw like he sorted all the screws into different sizes and all yeah. that type of stuff while you guys drove to Supercross. He goes, I wouldn't even do that while I was, you know, at home doing nothing. So just little things like that and. Yeah. So yeah, and they and they just want to win at at any chances, and I think that's something that you have to get used to as well. Like yeah, you know you can win, like you know what I mean. All right, a uh, couple more questions. Phil Hernandez, since the Mayako, Phil Fernandez, since the Mayako e buggy won first place at DNC, does this mean the buggy is designed far better as an electric body buggy than a nitro buggy? I mean, it's the same design, just different weight distribution and. Mm -hmm. He was fast in nitro buggy too, but nitro buggy is much harder to win because it's a long race. There's more things that can go wrong. It's just, it's different. Okay. Connie Swenson, any semi-secret stuff or prototypes you spotted at DNC? Uh, no, maybe only the S-Works. Maybe I should have gone to actually look at it and verify if they actually were running <laughs> HB stuff on it. I mean, I can, I just, if it's true, I understand why, because they have the wide pivot and mm -hmm. a shortish arm and the sort of Mugen style positive offset hub. And then they have an option of a narrow pivot, but I think maybe the arm is then the same because then they have okay uh, a lot of offset then. Interesting. Negative offset. So maybe they wanted that option of a long arm and very neutral offset like a jq or hb or serpent so cool. maybe that is uh, what they were running so maybe mike's, something new from s works in other words maybe okay. something new mike sorchi yeah. jq's reaction to lutz putting it out front in e-buggy your sphincter my sphincter was pulsating yeah lutz was actually the I think the fastest guy there after David when they were practicing. So I wasn't really surprised to see Lutz do well, but maybe in e-buggy to do that well, I was a bit surprised, especially yeah. like late in the race. Like it was looking like he was going to win. Yeah. Then, he, then David made those mistakes like right in front of us and I just felt my sphincter went like, yeah. oh shit. Like, you know what I mean? So I, I wasn't surprised to see him run up front, but... In e-buggy, I was a bit surprised to basically have it look like he was going to win the whole thing. And they gave us some good, exciting racing. They were very close to each yeah. other. Yeah. And um, they didn't touch. A great weekend for Lutz, in my opinion. He had a break. He broke something in Nitro Buggy, but uh, I think a good weekend for him. Uh, what else do we have here? So we have a couple of questions. What, Donnie B, what will be the tire me and run at RCGP? We're going to talk about RCGP here in a bit. Actually, um, when is this being released? Friday. I think they are releasing it this uh, this week. Okay. Yeah, we, we know what it is, but 
we have to kind of respect RCGP's release schedule. So they're releasing everything at a certain time. So that asked us not, if we know not to, to go ahead I and just, yeah, I texted and it. Maybe we can answer this. Maybe we'll know by the end of this, finish. this podcast, uh, Mike Fuller, great congratulations team Fuller. I said this on the last two podcasts. I think the time, the time of the Iceman Mason Fuller is here. He has arrived. He's kicking on doors. Um, he wants to know how many dollars in bets did you pay out JQ and how much did you bring in? I think you lost all your bets. Well, to be honest, uh, I couldn't figure out what exactly our bets were anymore. And then with the Westergaard, we were sort of redoing a bet, but then we never actually did it. Oh God. Like we never shook hands and did the bet. Like we were there like, well, how much should it be? Like, should we do it? And then it sort of, we never did it. Neither of us really committed to it, which was good because I broke in Nitro. Like I had him covered, let's be honest. But who was that? The cable and oh, Westergaard. Drake. Oh, Westergaard. So, well, yeah, yeah, with Drake, was that would have been fun, actually, because I would yeah. have been right in there with uh, Fire and Drake for that battle in Nitro. Uh, the cable that goes from the receiver to the battery, which was new for the race, broke somewhere inside. So, I mean, I'm at the point where I'm thinking like for big races, should you just plug the battery direct into the receiver? Just eliminate one other thing that could break. How often does that cable break? Come on. Ridiculous. I know. I didn't know what happened till you stopped and you was just like, I was like, yeah, what? that was, that was really frustrating. That my car was good driving was good i thought it was fun i would have liked your car looked really race. good your car looked really good and we wanted to see the infamous you and drake had a good battle in e-buggy and... yeah we got a good battle in e-buggy then i made right towards the end i made one mistake god damn it and he got me but nitro nitro would have been another story so i was really would've, really annoyed have, should have. you and your bad battery not battery it's the cable yeah because you plugged it right into the receiver the next day and it worked um jamie docking how many beers before lefty kicks you jq out of the studio well jq is not her live so i can't kick him out last time he was her though he was on great form jay zellner what are the teams for rcgp they'll release them slowly but shortly we're going to talk about your dropping of rcgp or self-inflicted so they released mayako and uh nemo racing so far. yes which is good to see nemo racing coming on uh yeah what i can say is that rcgp is actually full yeah that's so good no more team spots available good sold out and you have your self-inflicted drop mission accomplished by lefty we'll talk about that later uh we have a we have a couple of questions in the question we have two more questions and that's it but this question is actually kind of long so this comes from this is a private question uh I don't even know how to pronounce the guy's name. He says, JQ is always saying that he will train when he's going to race and then be great again. How many hours a week, a month, year of training does he think RC racers, pros like him and other pros need to do to be the best? Are they training both in the gym or other things and or other things and driving? He also wants to know how happy you was over your e-buggy, over JQ, over the e-buggy win at DNC. Uh, let's tackle those two questions and he has two more more and we're going to answer these simple because uh, well, we're going to get this done in an hour yeah well the e-buggy one first so yes really happy but nitro is more important okay let's be honest did david surprise jq with something in the car setup to make the car fast 
I think we kind of covered that. No, not no, not really. But we also haven't really found his real sort of setup yet. So I know there's a lot more potential to come. And then we didn't answer his first question. He actually has two more questions. Yeah, but we didn't answer that like training thing. So yeah. I don't think anyone does anything else. I think there's some more performance to be gained if that really top guys also practiced better because the top guys are so good that, like I said, more of the time is spent on preparing and maximizing the performance of the equipment, Mm -hmm. and then they drive sort of a bit less. I think that if it was even more professional, then they could drive a bit more and also focus on certain things, like not just drive five-minute times or test stuff and uh, look at the lap times, but really sort of improve even at that level with their driving and precision and consistency. I think there would be more room to improve. And also in other sports, bigger sports that involve hand-eye coordination and reactions, they actually train the eyes and the mind, the brain and hand-eye coordination and all that stuff. So there are all kinds of different exercises you can do to train your. I don't think we're exploring all those options and, as, uh, as, as no, a professional. No. So RC. I think that I think that those kind of things could work in RC. It's I think it's something that if you had someone professional in that field help someone, it it would be something that it's like a subconscious mm. improvement, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't think we have anybody really exploring thing. those, those yeah, techniques you are in the, RC. You're at the top of your game and then suddenly you're just a bit better. And that's what they really need at the, the best drivers. Like they need to agree. be just a bit better, you know? So there are those things. No one's doing it now. There's just the industry is too small. The, the money's not there for that kind of stuff. We need an Alden Baker in RC. Yeah. And, that's coming. Uh, for myself... One of the reasons that I'm not racing the RCGP is because I know myself that I am quite far from my personal best or peak. Like the last two years, I've driven the least I have in the last decade, probably, you know, because of COVID first and then the whole Mayako project and invisible speed and all of those things. So my goal of driving more and racing more and still having sort of a last good result it still exists but it was it has just been delayed you know so (laughs) now now that uh, the year has started and all of that work is done now i want to start driving more which is also good because i need to develop the car and and make sure that david and other moyako drivers have the best car so they can win there we go uh, we're going to answer these next next two questions, and then that's it, because we spent an hour doing this, and we had a lot of questions, but we'll, we're going to talk a lot about this later. How do this come from Mikolos? Yeah, I'm not even going to try. Sabados. That's what it looks like, in, but it isn't. How do the top guys cope with running commentary when they hear the drive behind is catching them, etc.? So I guess he goes, and they, he goes, and they feel... They are going as fast as they can and just general commentary 
I guess it's asking like how it feels when you hear like, oh, this person's catching and all this type of stuff. I think it helps these guys because then they know when they have to step up their game or something like that. Or if they're really disciplined, they listen to their pick guy. I think that uh, I think that confident drivers it doesn't affect them really in any way. But I think when you lack confidence, then it can be an issue because. Like if if you aren't that confident, if you hear that someone's catching you or you see on the track visually that someone's catching you, it can affect you negatively, mm-hmm. you know, because you start to worry about them catching you, you know, instead of focusing on just driving and hitting but that's the part of it. People need to, the, the RD needs to call the race and, and make it. Exciting. Yeah, of course. Like there's nothing wrong with it. It just affects drivers differently depending on their mental state. RC is a very mental sport i would say very much so yeah Uh, yeah it's i i think that actually the majority of races are not won or lost based on skill or car setup it's based on mental strength okay i could i could i could deal with that i get what you mean i get what you mean all right uh one more question it is a mental thing uh, and I think the drivers that can mentally, some drivers may use it to help. Some drivers may use it, may not even phase them. And they listen to their pit man, which is the beauty of having a speaker system as well. All right. So we have one discord question. Remember guys, if you haven't joined our discord, join the fastest growing RC discord in, in RC, we have over 400 members or have 400 members and there's lots of discussion going on. So Get in there and let's get to meet each other and get to know each other better. Question for Beakerson, another one of your nicknames. Are the Royal Centers on the Mayako symmetrical? If I match link locations front and rear up and down, is the Royal Access ever level? Opinions on how this is on other cars, you always say the HP car is always lower in the rear. Most curious about this for the Mugen though. Thanks, Science Moon. Yeah, that question, whew. I'm leaving that all in uh, your hands right there. I'm not going to tell you whether if you want to know, then you can measure it. That's actually like one one thing about the Moyako is we're not going to be revealing any angles and shit because I remember like when HP won the Worlds with that 17.5 caster block and everyone started making 17.5 caster blocks, that's when that's that was the last straw. That's what broke the camel's back. That's when I decided, fuck this, like, this is ridiculous. Uh, it's like if so, it's, if enough time goes by and pillow balls are winning, oh, we have to make pillow balls. Then C-Hubs start winning. Oh, we need to do make C-Hubs now. Oh, someone makes a wide pivot and wins a race. Oh, now we need wide, wide pivot. Like nine out of 10 brands, there's no actual thought or knowledge or philosophy that goes into designing a car. It's just like, Hey, whatever's winning, these other guys have that, and our drivers want it, so we'll just do that, you know. So, yep, no angles or information gonna be uh, posted or shared. That was a if good try, you, though. If, that was a good uh, try. If you want to know, then uh, measure it. But he's more curious <laughs> about the Mugen, though. Yeah, he wants to know I about the Mugen. Check the Mugen. I'm not interested. Speaker isn't good, letting you know. any of his speed secrets, his 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 speed secrets out, people. Trust me, I've heard people ask him this, this angle, this, I, and is this that? He's like, I'm not telling you. 
I go <laughs> to a certain level, but after that, you need to figure it out for yourself. All right. Well, that was a lot of questions. People were excited to have you back on, JQ. It's once in a blue moon that we get you on. Uh, normally, our question segments go an hour anyway because Max goes into super science mode. Thank you for your time. Thank you, everybody, for the questions. I know I missed some, but uh, we also have to talk about what we've been up to. Uh, if you guys can, use the affiliate link at BeachRC. It greatly helps us. We got a little slice of that. Thank you to Brent, BeachRC, Lucas, and all those guys for their support. I'll see them here at RCGP here soon. And, um, yeah, good luck to everybody at the Palmetto Classic and go into the Nationals here in a week's time. So, yeah. Let's get on to Joseph and I chatting a little bit about what happened after our last recording, uh, our travels to California, which was fun. I had a blast. And um, thank you. Yeah, check out Beach RC. Thank you to Invisible Speed, TZO Tires, and Lugs Tires for bringing you this next segment, which is just JQ and I having a chit-chat about uh, the last month and a half, two months. Yeah, I think it's almost been... A month and a half, two months since she was on this podcast last, JQ. Uh, so, yeah, check out Invisible Speed. The online course is available as well as the book. Uh, check out TZO Tires. They haven't got their website up. Uh, I need to get, uh, if you want to know more about their tires, we I have to put the audio up from episode number 172. Where we had Nick Hernandez on there. He's a good friend of Joseph and I, and we're happy to see what what they're doing. And, of course, Lugs, Lugs Racing Tires. They're also a big sponsor of this podcast. All right, JQ. So, uh, where do we start? I think we kind of have to start where we kind of left off. I mean, we did do a podcast at DNC, but that really was just a quick one. And it was fun. Actually, it was a lot of fun. But, uh, yeah, the last time we was together and we recorded, we had a good show. You was on form. We came up with this, and but you won't let me forget. And now, people, you know, you got people starting to do that to me. So, thanks a lot. Uh, You're welcome. You uh, you was here in the DR with me. Yeah. So let's start there. We record. We have a great recording session. Little did I know that JQ was silently trying to kill me in this recording session. You know, because we figured out he was. Either. Yeah, we figured out this was th at that time when we was recording that episode. He was at the peak time to be contagious for COVID. So, yeah, JQ comes on vacation, everybody, and gets COVID-19. So he gets yep. to stay in the DR longer and I don't see him for like 10 days. You know, he's holed up in some hotel room with his girlfriend who didn't catch it either. I didn't get it. She didn't get it, but he got full blown COVID. It must I was, be fake. Not no, real. but you was definitely sick. Like I was expecting the phone call like, hey, we got to take JQ to the hospital. And I was not going to be like, well, you better catch a taxi because I'm not coming to pick you up. Um, but yeah jq we we saw you you disappeared after that i think uh we did that great show and we had all these plans and you built four shocks and moved my desk and assorted my lights and that's all you managed to accomplish on your trip down there the great we're gonna come down and we're gonna redo the the studio and i'm gonna build you a car and then we're gonna we're gonna do all the rebranding and blah 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 no. covid was four, tough four shocks moved my desk Messed up my fucking office, made it a mess. Cables everywhere now because of you. Mind you, it does look better. That's all you accomplished in two and a half weeks, sir. Then you you got sick. Like I was really worried about you. So anyway, 
fast forward a little bit, you know, I'm taking his laundry to him and all that type of stuff and taking him food because, you know, they don't want to go leave their rooms and all this type of stuff. I'm being, his girlfriend said it correctly. You have good friends, but you are an asshole. So she's so right. She's so right. She's so right. She's so right. <laughs> she didn't say that. What an asshole. But amazing how we, like, you know, we are so close contact and she was in close contact and neither of us got it. And um, then I had to take you home. So that was a big thing. Uh, a trip that should have took us six hours and a seven hours at the most ended up taking us like, what, 12, 13 hours to do? So let me get this. Let's get this straight. JQ goes, all right, I'm going to, you know, first of all, if JQ flies in Punta Cana, which is six hours away from where I live, by the way, I wouldn't add that, people. He would never come pick me up six hours away. If I flew into, like, hey, I'm coming to Finland, but I have to fly in six hours away. He'd be like, well, you got to find a flight that gets you here to Helsinki. That's what he'd say to me. But anyway, this day that we decide to go on to Punta Cana happens to be the first day of a four-day holiday here in Dominican Republic. And the roads are freaking crazy. Remember, we waited like an hour and a half to get through one, the last like uh, toll station of the highway that we went on. Traffic was like, it was crazy, man. That was the crazy trip, Don. What were your highlights? Oh, I don't know what you're going to talk about. Go ahead. Yeah. You have the microphone so, now. This is how cheap left is. Oh, okay. uh, I'm cheap. Yeah. Yeah, you okay. are. We'll so talk about cheap here's like, if, if, if he turned the camera right now, you would see about 700 action figures. That's a lie. That's a lie. Maybe a thousand. <laughs> That's definitely a lie. <laughs> it's not a lie. It's fucking packed. It's with not action it's, figures. It's not. It's like and, maybe two hundred at the most. Yeah, which is really weird. You're an adult. You okay? have ten guitars. I know, and we. You have guitars in America. I know, and we have already covered this. When I play my <laughs> guitar, it's normal. I'm an adult man playing a guitar. Perfectly normal. You being an adult playing with your action figures, not normal. Fucking adult collecting. Alert. I don't play with them. I just yes, set you them do. Up you have arranged them. them like a diorama. Yes, it's messed up, Lefty. Like and you and your bloody guitars. So anyway, my point is, you spend all that money and effort on your action figures, and you have basically four blown out tires <laughs> in your car. So we stop at. Uh, no, you say gas your car sounds weird. Your car yeah, sounds yeah. weird. Yeah. Your car kind of sounds weird. Like there's something going on. Also, apparently. What do I say? This is how I solved that problem. I just turned up the volume on the radio. <laughs> yeah, that's what you did. You turned the volume up on the radio. And then I guess my girlfriend was sitting on that corner where it was the worst. So she could feel something was wrong. I like, I didn't feel anything. So we stop. And then when we go back to the car from the gas station, she, so she checks like under the car and she sees like, your, no, I checked. Your, your, your left, yeah, she told you to look. Your left rear tire was basically on the, like, <laughs> worn through on the, like, the belt thing, you know? It was a little, it was a little bit of the belt, uh, Really? A bit? Yeah. Like, it was the worst tire Okay, so I we figured out seen. why that was so, the, okay, happening. Okay, so that was the noise, okay? So you couldn't just turn the radio up anymore. So now, what would what would a normal person do? A normal person would maybe stop at a tire shop and, you know, get new tires. Like, we need to switch these out. Well, you already had four different tires on your car, 
right? Yeah, why not? I guess that's normal over there. So what yes. do you do? You stop on the side of the road at a shack with a <laughs> bunch of old tires. It looks like it's a dump, but actually it's <laughs> well, not it was just a dump. a dump of tires. There's a shack in the middle of it, and out pops the one-armed fucking <laughs> left. No, he had both arms. He had just missing a hand. <laughs> well, he could use... He could use both arms, but his left arm was missing a fucking hand. So left is best friend. Lefty has a hand. He can't really use it. This guy, full operational arm, no hand. You know, you complemented each other. <laughs> so this is the guy now. So he starts digging through the pile of old tires to find an old tire replacement for Lefty. That's not quite as old and fucked up as the tire on his car currently. And yeah, so this operation took Yeah, it took a two long hours, time. Maybe? maybe. They were trying hours. to remember they were trying they were so okay, let me let's get this straight. Yeah. So I stopped. Right? I mean this what is a do normal, you expect? Listen, it was listen. a one armed man in a shack. <laughs> what, what the fuck did you expect, dude? Come on. Listen, okay, so in my experience, which I have much of it here. I was like, all right, I'm going to put this old tire. I'm going to get an old tire for 20 bucks, put it on the car so I can take you to where you had to go and I could get back home, right? I know I need four new tires on my car. I know that. I need to do the adult thing and buy four new tires. Yeah. Maybe two and that, two. That adult do two and two. Should I get this pointless GI Joe or should I put new tires on my minivan, potentially saving my family's life? <laughs> I will get See, this you make it sound GI so Joe. bad. Yeah, you make and, and by the way, I have not bought any action figures in many months. By the way, really, but anyway, really. Unlike you, who is go crazy, going you crazy probably, for guitars. Instead of action figures, you probably bought some kind of Star Star Wars. What's that Falcon thing? Millennium Falcon. That's your new thing. Right? Oh, that's that's it's goals. got an action figure technically. That's goals, but I'm not going there. So I'm action figures is on the back burner. We'll fall into. How RC about right tires now. next? Okay. So no, let's Life talk about goals. get four new tires. That's on your not. Car. We haven't finished the tire story. So anyway, he picks out a tire which he thinks is great, and I'm, I noticed right. that this guy is a a bike mechanic. I'm like, why does this bike mechanic guy have all these tires around her? So anyway, he's like, look, they're trying to you know take the tire off with bike tools. I'm like, this isn't gonna work. They're bouncing on the tire. They're trying to break the seal. I'm like, look, take it down the road. And just put it, put the new tire, yeah. put, put the new to me the tire. tire to the actual tire shop <laughs> where we could have gone. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> yeah. So they come back a, oh, wrong size tire. <laughs> and you just look at me like, what the fuck? And I'm just sitting there like, doo -doo -doo, this is normal. This is normal. Your girlfriend's getting pissed off. She's not feeling well, right? You're recovering from COVID. You're probably polluting me with your COVID germs at this very moment complaining about me driving you down her and taking so long. So then he finally comes back with the new tire and the guy raises his stump in the air like, woo, we fixed it. Like, you know what I mean? They get it all mounted on. And then we, <laughs> the tire was probably in worse condition than it was the one that took off. Then we go to probably the most expensive McDonald's ever. And you bought me lunch and then complained about it. So we got you to Punta Cana, right? This guy doesn't book me a room. It's like seven o'clock when we get there. We left at nine. Hey, this guy's like, well, did you book a room? I'm like, no, I'll just stay with you. You you can't stay with me because we'll have COVID, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I get it, JQ. How is you going to stay with that? that you don't want me to stay with you and your girlfriend. I'm not going to spend money on a hotel. I'm going home. 
All right, see you later. No, no, no. You want to talk about cheap? This guy right here, it cost me 20 bucks in tools to get down to this place. Yeah, 20 okay. bucks. You're the cheap one. I didn't, he I didn't gave me fuel. I'm surprised about that. He gave me fuel. He put fuel in the car. Your boy goes, oh, see you later. 30 minutes later, after I'm, you know, 30 minutes away and making good time from where he is. Oh, I forgot to give you money for tools. Go fuck yourself. That's what I said and said, don't, I'm not coming back now. See you later. So that was the last time I saw JQ. I didn't know if he was going, I made it back home, by the way, in five hours. It was, the roads were completely empty. I made it back home safely and securely. So to say all of that, it was, it was good to have you done, but fuck, I was so happy when I finally dropped you off at that airport and I was like, I'm rid of this guy now. No more stress. So dropped you off. You kind of had a hectic couple of days. Like <clears throat> you had to get ready because you was traveling because that put you behind schedule as well because you yeah, was traveling now now because i was so many days late mm -hmm. from extending the trip that i had to basically come back pack prepare for america and go so there was no time really to build a car and do all the preparation i was supposed to do there was barely enough time just to get everything packed and the last things work things done and then i had to leave so you flew, so after you got home, it took you a day or so to get home. I think you got home on a Saturday, late Saturday. And then it took you I can't you remember about... how it was, but there, I think I had two days in Finland, maybe. Really? That's a quick turnaround, dude. Yeah. And you're still coming, like you're still, yeah, kind of close to the microphone. So I can hear myself coming back through the audio phones. So you kind of, and you, and let's get this right. You're still kind of like not fully recovered from COVID. I mean, you, you've, You've been through the hard part of it. It is still just no, like on a cold and all that stuff. No, I am. So for me, it was pretty bad for two days mm -hmm. where, I mean, I would say high fever never really measured it, but high fever and muscle pains, like clearly like, okay, yeah, I'm definitely sick. There's no question. But I knew I had COVID on the first day. That was bad because when I went to sleep, I could feel that when I would breathe, it felt like I was out of breath after I just uh, bre uh, breathed. Is that the word? So, and I had never ever felt that that feeling before. Like I could feel something in my lungs, and I could feel that breathing was heavy, and I could feel how I was out of breath. So, I could I could begin to imagine how horrible it is if you get it bad. Mm -hmm. Like I would not want to end up in hospital because of COVID. Let's put it that way. Like that was bad enough. Thank you. Okay. Done that. I don't need to experience any worse. Yeah. And so the, weirdest thing, the weirdest thing was like, <clears throat> even when I went to America, I still had a sort of foggy feeling mind. Like normally I'm science mode. You talk to me. I have no idea. Maybe five minutes later, I'm like, did you say something? <clears throat> you know, like now it was extreme. Like, Driving the van in America for the first time was a major task. Like full really? concentration, trying to just drive. It was fucking scary. Like I was wow. actually scared driving. Yeah, it was so weird. Like I've never really experienced something to that extent. I think it might be, um, it might be similar to if you have a bad concussion. 
mm. like you're a bit slow also after that so it like affected my brain that's insane and i, well, I think it affected it in like, a good am way I imagining because... this or what? No, because because I googled it and it's actually a symptom apparently. Like it can actually affect your mind and you can feel cloudy. It said like for a while. Maybe after. it for affected me, it your brain. Like a month. Yeah, maybe it affected your brain where you're somewhat normal now. Like you know. I don't you know, know. You know, somewhat normal. But yeah, uh, how how did so who picked you up at the airport? Like I never, I, I haven't really talked about your first few days in America. So I you got there Degani before David? I didn't pick anyone up. I, mean, I took the bus to Degani's place. Okay, so you had a bus it? You had an auto shot, uh, shuttle yeah. bus it? How long did that take? About three hours? No, no. There's like an actual bus, not the shuttle. Like a bus to a bus station close to where he lives. But it goes Oh, like a real direct. bus? Yeah. But real it's an gypsy. airport bus. Like it's a real thing. All right. So you kind of stayed with in Greg's camper the first couple of days. When did David get there? Yeah, I think I was there a couple of nights and then David arrived. We stayed at the Ghani's house one night and then that's when we watched the Supercross. And then after that... Uh, you went to Supercross, right? Yeah, yeah. Was we this David's first time going Supercross? Yeah, first Supercross. Okay. I know you were uh, happy after about that. that. Ghani drove his a trailer to the campground close to Paris, like five minutes up that hill there behind Paris track. And um, that's where we stayed for like the first 10 or 11 days. And so it was, how was really that? good, actually. It was just uh, me and David and going to the track almost every day. A couple of days were too windy. Couldn't really drive. Just rebuilt stuff then. Um, it was good also because we figured some things out. Okay, we wanted to make a different rear shock tower. So... We were at the track during the day, uh, back at the trailer, maybe six o'clock, seven o'clock, something like that. I designed the shock tower, sent it out to Dylan Hoffman. He is in Palm Springs. Like Hoffman Fab Steel Fabrication, I think, or something. They have this company. And uh, then he made the towers for me. And a couple of days later, I got up at six, drove to pick them up, drove back. And uh, then we were able to try them already and then we actually made even a second uh, revision of the tower and and he made them too so we were able to really quickly uh develop the car right there which was nice so yeah also uh you've you've stayed with david before so this isn't your first time living with him per se you guys shared a place in spain uh how was it like entering this as working partners this is the first time you guys kind of got together to work together to test together was there a learning curve for you guys or you know is i mean there, obviously there still is but well what did i would you say that with uh, i'm from finland and he's from sweden so culturally very similar very much the same very honest very direct there's no like games no no playing games or or, you it's know, straightforward kind of with you like, guys. Yeah, He'll say not like, yeah, like this is shit. Or Southern Europeans, you know that it's it, it gets complicated with uh, people like that. But for us, yeah, no issues. We knew what we wanted to get done, and we just went about getting it. And I, I would say that I was also sort of positively 
I shouldn't say surprised. There's a better word for it. Like, uh, well, uh, it, it was just positive to see that how how serious and professional he is. So uh, we be at the track all day. You know, we come back and he pulls out his laptop and he starts uh, checking emails, sending out emails, asking me about the release date of the car and pricing and this and that because he's sending out information to customers in Sweden because he's he's selling Mayako in Sweden. So he not only drives the car, races, mm. he's also interested in developing the car, improving it so he can have the best performing car to win and also selling the car, understanding how to promote it, market it, all that stuff. So... That was really good to see. And also, just to mention the whole rebuilding the car thing, something happened which has never happened in Degani's trailer before. An actual uh, table was set up inside the trailer mm. to work on the car. So, you know, one of those uh, uh, Walmart tables that everyone has. Greg was like, how did you fit that in there? <laughs> so I had to send a picture like it just fit. So yeah, because yeah, he doesn't serious. have the biggest camper. It's it's stretch with just two people in there. Yeah, two people is pretty much the max. Yeah. But it uh yeah, there again you see, like it wasn't it definitely wasn't a holiday, you know? Yeah. There, yeah. there wasn't that much time to sort of just relax and just chill. No. It was it was work. There there was a job to be done and lo- long days because of that. Get up in yeah. the morning, head to the track. Uh, tiring day at the track but then when you get back there's more to do like glue tires rebuild the car send out emails work on other stuff web shop stuff like this yeah it was good it was productive two weeks how did it feel to be back in america you know you've been it's been a while usually you would spend six five to six months there you haven't done that for a while you rushed out of there the last time you was there how did it feel because when i got back there it was like nothing had changed yeah i mean I think I've been there so much that it sort of just, it almost felt like I never left, even though I had been away for two years. In some ways, it felt that way. In other ways, it felt like, man, I haven't been here for a while. Was it good to get to Supercross and uh, take somebody new? Did you go? Did you, you didn't go all day, did you? The first, first one we did and second one we did. Yeah. <clears throat> so, so, yeah, it was nice. Good, good, good. Uh, so I got out there about a week, about two weeks after you got there, I think. Uh, do we do you want to talk about? Yeah, how about so you got back to Joey, you hadn't been to Joey's new track. So you get to Paris, you're there, you're practicing, practicing, sing. you have David and yours by yourselves. Then I think like about a week with DNC to go that week came like uh, Zanketine came, Adrian came, Pierre came, Per, which is uh, Ronald Fox photographer if you guys saw him he just who's probably one of the best guys i've ever seen he's such a he's a ninja like he just goes around and he just like boop. you don't even see like he, his angles you just see him walking around and he'd be like boop. he's so quiet and he takes some of the best pictures dude like i think the guy is yeah. super talented um they showed up so it was it was me mike hill was there uh unfortunately he didn't stay the whole time yeah <laughs> i'm not even gonna go into that uh but unfortunately so it was like eight of us in this airbnb out in chino uh it was nice uh you 
had your own room. Zankatine. Yeah. This, so Joseph takes the bed, right? Uh, Michael has a bed. I have my plan at this point was me and Michael had a strategic plan. He's like, Lefty, I don't want to put up if you're snoring. There's a whole little cobby hole of these L-shaped uh, cultures that would be perfect for you. That's going to be your spot. And then Per took it. And then I almost was like, all right, so my plan was to come in into the building, challenge Per immediately for the space, you know, that he he stole from me because I already had rights to that. Like, you know, this is the way of the bear. You know what I mean? I already, you know, urinated on that. that. So that was mine. So I came up there. His all tucked away. I get put on this mattress, literally this thick, this thick. I asked you. It I was said, Joseph, that thick after you lay on it. It was that thick when I went on it. I said, Joseph, did you bring this mattress from Smoker's House? Because it looks like the same mattress that we had. You put Alex Zankatine on a bed, an air mattress that you that leaked knowingly. You did that knowingly. But it all worked out. It all worked out. I mean, I had a blast. Um, you ended up going to stay. Well, what I did see about that, I remember when I walked into the, I think it was the next morning when I walked in there and everybody was awake. I saw the glimmer and glitter in your eyes when you saw me. It was like, oh, my savior and hero is her lefty. Finally, somebody that I can, I can verbally and mentally abuse and they can take it. He's here. Now I can release all my frustrations and all my insecurities. My savior lefty is here. I saw it in your eyes when I came down the steps that morning. Okay, if you think so. Yeah, but what I did see was just like RC everywhere. I said, dude, we came into this house. There were boxes of tires. There were boxes of clothes. There were 20,000 chassis laying over. There was parts of cars there. It was like someone took an RC bomb and just blew it off in this house. Everywhere you looked, there was something RC. It was nuts. It's crazy. I did enjoy it though. I did enjoy the Airbnb experience. When you moved to, um, when you finally moved to the trailer, to the camper with, with Jagani for the race, and then I went out and got Alex a proper air mattress so I can then take the bed and Michael took your bed. That's when it became easy. It was great. It was great to get out of a bed. But, you know, I didn't mind sleeping on the filmy little small mattress. I think my snoring kept people up. I was very yeah, worried. That's about why that. you couldn't move into my room. When yeah. I left. I was very it would conscious have been about too that. central in the house. Yeah, so my snoring's it, pretty bad. So yeah, I mean, when you were sleeping upstairs, if you went in the garage, you could hear you. Uh, I know. I was. I was so upset there. about that. I was so upset about that. It's nothing fun. I can do about it, though. I tried. I tried my best. I wedged myself. I tried to sleep like this. I tried different positions. It just didn't work. For me, I've noticed that like having to deal with people stresses me out. Like ha yeah. me having to deal with myself is like enough. So then one other person is still okay. But when it's two or above, then I can't handle it. So <laughs> yeah, that was out of you. That I could you be was... in there like for a while, but when everyone arrived, it was perfect to just bail and stay in the I loved it, with though. the Ghani for the race. I loved it. The more people, the merrier for me. I don't know what it is. Yeah, you're the opposite. Yeah, I enjoyed it. If I can like be from, alone, that's perfect. For me, it was like being back in like <laughs> a school trip or something. You know, I come down there and everybody's there and you got to talk. And then, you know, you're so tired when you come home at night, but you end up sitting off and talking with people. I had a blast. And then I got to see like the Ronafalk machine go. That's what I want to call it. So it was like Pierre, boom, boom, gets up, loads up. Everything is done. You know what I mean? Adrian's there. 
they load up everything. David comes down, puts on his clothes, has his breakfast, and he's in the car, and then we're off. Like, I call that the run-a-fuck machine. It ain't no stopping that. You know what I mean? They know what they're going to do. Pierre has been doing this for, what, 20 years probably? You know what I mean? He, yeah. he would load up every morning, and we would be out of there and going. The only thing about the house was it was 45 minutes away. It was a commute there back and, yeah. back and forth. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed being in the house with everybody. It was fun. You know what I mean? When you left, it was, it was cool because I had my own bed, but one character left out of the, out of the house. So it kind of, you know, it kind of went a different way, but I, the first time I've ever really done this for sure, a whole house with people. And I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I had late nights anyway. You know what I mean? The only thing was the commute made for late nights. And by the time you got home, you're just tired, but for a fun factor, yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed it. That part of it. Okay, so you know what? What? Uh, after this story, we have to deal with a major subject that just came up. Okay, cool. So RCGP is making a release today when we are recording, so we have to talk about it now. Okay, put out we'll do some that. Fires. We'll do that. Uh, let's finish up talking about DNC and all that stuff. So going into DNC, uh, oh, okay, then like all the team came and we was at Revelation. I didn't, I didn't agree with you picking Revelation as our test spot. I understand why, because it was just so close to the house and logistically wise, it would have been so hard to go to Santa Barbara with everybody. But I am upset that we didn't go to Santa Barbara because it's such a beautiful track and I wanted to get out there. You met some interesting characters at at at, at Revelations as well, I believe. When I prior to me coming out there, I heard about the guy who, you know, who wore yeah, a parachute some Canadian, all the time. Like a, a guy walking around the pits. Well, first of all, let's just address the whole situation at Revelation. So <laughs> you don't know if you are entering Skid Row or an RC track. Like there's homeless dudes just like there's a guy living in the driver's stand i heard that there's i heard another that. I guy living it, in a van another guy living in a trailer and one guy i don't know where the fuck he lives but it's like only <laughs> in america could you have homeless rc racers they, they're no racers that's the thing about uh, oh, it yeah. i couldn't believe it i mean they fucking have rc cars and drones and shit and they're homeless what the fuck why well, like, they live at revelation remember? I will never forget. I will never ever forget this. Jackass. No, maybe it was pre-Jackass, like C what was it? C K Y C What was the one before Jackass? There was that video. No idea. I can't remember. Anyway, in that video, there's somewhere on the street, they're doing some stunt. I think actually they had an RC car with a dead skunk on it or something, driving it around. Like roadkill on an RC car. Some fucking homeless dude rocks up. I kid you not. He's like, oh, I used to be professionally with those. He used to be like a pro RC driver, he says. It was so funny. That's like, yeah, the future for professional RC racers. But hey, on the street. Revelation is packed daily. Yeah, people it there... is packed, but it's also a strange vibe with the sort of skid row there. But anyway, uh what what were you saying we had a point to this yeah i was definitely i missed the guy in the oh, parachute yeah. No, pants yeah the parachute so yeah i didn't think too much of it to see a guy walking around with a parachute because hey we're on skid row anything can happen but then he goes he's walking around looking for the finnish guy <laughs> hey are you from finland are you the guy from finland 
And then I think he asked Mike Hill, and Mike Hill was like, no, that guy. So then he walks up to me, hey, are you the guy from Finland? I'm like, yeah. Okay. Uh, I was told to I was told to speak with you. I'm like, okay. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. So then he starts talking, hey, follow me, follow me. So I follow him around the back of the hobby shop. Okay, things are getting a bit sketchy. <laughs> What's this guy going to do? He has these massive billboards. He's supporting the Canadian truckers who are protesting for Mass, freedom. Freedom. False. Like... <laughs> They are know. against uh, tyranny, the tyranny of uh, being a Canadian. Jesus Christ. So anyway, this guy <laughs> completely fucking off his rocker. Crazy. This is something unique. This about is something America. you attract all the time. Yes. I'm very intrigued by this. Like people who can clearly function in society. The guy had a pickup truck with a dirt bike in the back with a massive trailer. Okay. He drove from Canada, apparently, was driving down to wherever the fuck he was going, because apparently there was going to be some supporting truckers protest somewhere in California. So this dude has money. He can function in society. He can own a truck and a dirt bike and drive to a different And a camper. Country. He had a camper, right? Even a camper. He can paint these signs and somehow find his way to Revelation Raceway. He can do all of these things, but he is totally insane. I tried having a conversation with him. Like, I, I think I was having a conversation with him for one and a half hours or something. Yeah, I heard you was going was for a amazing. long time. It was amazing. Um, I heard he even tried to pay just, you for talking does, yeah, to him. He tried to also pay me. I mean, for listening yeah. to him. So. You just, you can't follow. Like, at the moment you think that you have actually, like, cottoned on to the conversation and you are, we are actually now having a legit conversation, he jumps to something completely different about some Canadian who lost his arm to cancer and did a marathon or something. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? We were just talking about the oil field somewhere and then we were talking about... Uh, some foreign policy thing and now now this canadian who lost his arm to cancer and then your brother who's a lawyer like how does all of this fit together like it was amazing Absolutely oh it took up an hour and a half of your time so you must have yeah. been stimulating conversation yeah but why do i only meet these extreme people in america i mean this i don't know guy, you attract weirdos this guy was from canada but I met him in America. Like all the weirdos just go to What America. was he doing at Revelation? Was he into RC? I don't understand. Yeah, Did he, he just... had an RC car, so he well, found Revelation. Dude, I will I say know, this. Like, I think like homeless weirdos, they have some kind of app they go on. Like <laughs> what's the RC track to be if you're homeless and weird? Oh, Revelation. Yeah, let's go. But dude, he's. I went in his hobby shop. He's jam-packed with stuff. And he said his business has never been better. And yeah, shit. COVID. Yeah, COVID and money. But I wanted to reiterate something. I was actually writing a blog about this, about the ambience and the feeling going into DNC. When I was sitting at at, our, at uh, Revelation, you can feel it. Like you can feel the excitement. You can feel the excitement. It's not every day that Revelation has David Runafog, Zankatine, Adrian Bartin. You, oh yeah, we had a race there too. I forgot yeah, about that. Yeah, you know, it's not every day. And then everybody was talking about the big race and they can't wait for this. And you know, the, the excitement was in the air for DNC. You know, the tension was in the air. You could cut it with a knife, like especially the first day. Like the anticipation for this race was super high. 
I have a whole blog that I didn't finish. I probably need to finish it one day because I was writing about this and I just couldn't get it all done before, before it needed to be done. But uh, for me, that's what kind of, I'm sitting off in Revelation and that's the feeling I'm getting. Like people are here to test. Then you would see like Barufalo was her and this person was her and this person was her. Like we was all playing tag with each other. So we did two days at Revelation and then I think Sunday we kind of just chill. No, we went to Thunder Alley Sunday. So we went to Thunder Alley Sunday. Ooh, beautiful track, loved it up there. And then fr- Monday was kind of a chill out day and getting ready for setup day. Uh, Tuesday, I think Rana fucking those guys went out and broke in their truggies that they just finished building. They had the TLR trucks. Um, Rana Fox's dad built it. And then they oh, put yeah. the final I got touch. food poisoning. Yeah, that's what it was. You apparently, yeah. apparently got food poisoning no, for six hours. I didn't apparently get, I, I got food poisoning. Yeah. So you sat in your car, your truck for yeah, three hours. Yeah, I was out. That day I was out. Yeah, you was out. But you did come around later on. So DNC starts. Uh, we set up everything Tuesday. Um, you know, you could feel the vibe. We knew it was going to rain on the Wednesday. The rain, you know, only one. There was a miserable Wednesday, dude. It was cold. But it was fun. It was, it was exciting to be there. I'm glad we got the rain and all that shit over and done with the first day. You know what I mean? The first day. It, it's the one day that we could have got away if it okay it was bad for not people 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 not having practice but <clears throat> i think it was yeah we was at dnc everybody was happy it seemed like you know uh and then it was just one so when did it kind of what about you how did your dnc go for you you know you didn't get much practice you got to your qualifying um you know it was it was just just definitely a different for me myself I mean, Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, just it's so typical. The weather was so awesome leading up to the race, and then the few days before, and the first day was just rainy and cold and shitty. It's just typical. But for me, what I was going to say, you asked how my DNC was. Like personally, DNC is not a race I'll ever do well at because it's so difficult. You don't get a lot of track time. Each time you hit the track, it's completely different. There's no warm-up. Like You literally you put your car down, cross the loop. The next time you cross the loop, you're on the clock. It, it's fucking impossible. Like, for me, you know? Yeah, well, it should, not so, just for you, yeah. but for it, many I mean, pro top drivers. A lot drivers. of people, like, there's a lot yeah. of good drivers down in, like, B, C, mains, probably even D mains, you know? Yeah. Like, it's a really difficult race. Like, the... Truly talented drivers shine at a race like this because they can adapt so quick. Mm-hmm. And like, if I want to do well, relatively well at some race, it has to be a race where there are practice rounds, track is consistent. Each time I learn the track, improve my driving, improve my setup. Like, it's a iteration kind of of step by step improving. You know. Well, Fuck, also DNC is like throwing darts blind at a moving target <laughs> like that's what it feels like well no idea what's going to happen this time <laughs> and you just well go. i just wanted i wanted to talk about it a little bit um it was different going in this year for me i said this on previous podcasts i kind of was not you know obviously i'm still affiliated with Mayako and these guys but and jqsm but not officially affiliated so I was kind of observing. I, I said it like this. I had all the benefits of a team manager, but not the responsibilities of it, which was great. I really enjoyed that. 
<clears throat> I got to observe a lot. We had our little tiff when you, you've got to have your own space. You've got to have your own space. Get my own space. Oh, we're going to put smoker down there and put this person on there. I'm like, Joseph, I need to have my own space. We got that cleared up. I, I kind of won half that battle. I had baby J, Chris Morali, and D Dylan and all that guys all weekend. We had a blast. But I think going into this race, it was different because, you know, the previous two races, you was probably the best driver going in. We kind of didn't expect much from you. But going into this race with David Ronafalk and Zankatine, who I think you did better than him, actually. So um, going into this race, who I must admit the machete is fucking incredibly fast. Like, don't let his results at the NC uh dictate the amount of pace that Zankatine actually has. Il machete Alex Zankatine, he's work in progress. Okay. We saw a glimmer of his potential at Revelation. Uh arguably he would have won that race. David had a clutch issue. Non Mayako part. He was running a plastic uh HP shoe. Slight issue there. Uh so he had that clutch issue in the race. Mm -hmm. I think Alex would have won. He he was the fastest, but Alex being Alex, he fucking blew something off the car. <laughs> Actually missed the start, came back, blew something else off the car. So yeah. yeah, there was that. And I think for DNC, that issue, like the issue I can see with Alex is that he's really good as a driver, but in the pits, making decisions, what to change on the car, that's where we need to work a bit. Okay. okay. So I know there's a lot more potential than this. I shouldn't beat him. That is unacceptable. Uh, I think I beat him in e-buggy, fair and square, and in nitro I was ahead of him when I broke. So that is not acceptable, but no stress, no pressure. I know uh, how good he is, and I know that we can get those performances out of him. We just need to work on a few key areas with him let's put it that way and that okay. that was the whole idea that was the whole deal with signing him this is All not right. uh overnight success story mm -hmm. this is a year-long uh process of uh massaging and uh maneuvering and uh <laughs> molding adjusting. him into the racer that he can molding be. <laughs> yes exactly We're just kind of like it. i am molding you into being the Alden Baker of RC, um, or something similar in that sense. You know, I'm the puppet master, really. Truly. Okay, <laughs> you actually you, control the strings. So. You just don't know it. I'm actually controlling you like a puppet. Um, well. So, T qualifying was up and on. You know what I mean? So we go into qualifying her. Uh, obviously, Ronafuck, I think TQs are on in each one of his qualifying. Ends up finishing 666. The nick, you know, six 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 name, you know, mark of the beast and all that stuff. I have to say, yep. personally, I fucking did not think he was gonna make the A buggy final, and 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 he had two really bad well, qualifying, but that TQ helped him, saved him. But not only that, but the bad results from other racers, you know, people's qualifying results being so scattered yeah, among yeah, that helped him like a lot. In nitro buggy, he was like there. There were three drivers within a second going for TQ of the round. Mm -hmm. on the last lap of the first qualifying yeah, round and that he made that mistake and then he crashed in the triple i fuck i hated how he would like try to land that triple so perfect 
Mm-hmm. You know, and he got like stuck, Rhea and he got a long just, marshal there. Yeah, it Rhea, took a while. Rhea was always hitting the landing. I'm like, every time, like, just jump a bit further, will you? So anyway, last lap he crashed there, then crashed again. So okay, well he's out. He'll like get a fifth or whatever. But then his transponder didn't count that lap, so he lost that lap. Uh, eventually, they actually gave him a lap. Then they sort of calculated off video how much he lost and. He got some kind of lap given to him, mm-hmm. and it ended up. What was it like a seventeenth? Yeah, I think you got seventeenth for, for that round, or something like that. So, I mean, it could have been a lot different. It's really small margins in this race, you know. So. Yeah, but I have to say this, dude. Um, in qualifying, for me, the most surprising person ended up being. Mr. Consistent, dude. Above average Joe now. Above average Joe. Yeah, above average Joe. So we had to unfortunately admit to that uh, during our previous recording. Yeah, so if you missed that, go to episode number 173 where JQ talks about him fist bumping Joe Bornhorst, becoming somewhat friends. There was a lot of uh, mending uh, yeah, but you're going to ruin all of that. Seven. You're going to ruin all of that at some point. Because, oh, I'm sure. Know. People are thin-skinned. <laughs> so you and, you and Bornhorst kind of made up. I made up with Bornhorst. You know, I got to interview him. Uh, it w- I will say this about Bornhorst. Um, he looks ex- excited and happy to be at S-Works right now. And he had a, he had a good yeah. weekend. He didn't win anything, but a second and a TQ. And I think really and truly at that race... Uh, if he was probably the only one that had anything for Mayfield in the Nitro main, because he was the one, you know, they kind of broke away. But great, great result for him. Kind of like, hey, Techno, drop me. I'm now at this team. I got some balls. Like, I can be me, I guess. And he had I a lot to prove. Balls, to be honest. Yeah, he had a lot to prove. And I think he um, did that at this race. You remember we were saying, like, we aren't sure who is the top S-Works driver in America? Well, I think there's yeah, no Joe question Bonhoeff. at this point. Yeah. yeah, the great thing is about this is now that, um, well, kind of not. The good thing about this is, remember the video about Bornhorst saying he'll never do RCGP? I was trying to find it. He did it on a... Uh, yeah, uh, we'll get into that. Okay, we'll get uh, into that. Because we have the whole RCGP. Thing. Oh, yeah, right, right. So most impressive for me, got to talk to him. He seemed very relaxed. It was a great vibe going, going over there in S-Works. Tebow was second. He was looking, Tebow was looking really strong in Nitro Buggy at one point. Like, you know, I was expecting him to really kind of be more in the hunt in the final. And then Ryan Mayfield just in a, in a kind of a third there, no TQs. He got a second, you know, and it was just kind of quiet. Ryan Mayfield and then Ongaro, another quiet qualifying, you know, he had a six, a 15 and a seven. Uh, So quietly in fourth and then ryan lots impressive i think ryan lots was impressive except for the last round which he finished 34th but a five and a nine going into this and and as i said the other people that impressed me about making this main was jackson bronson in eighth cj jalen in ninth uh dakota fan all the way down in 11th and i gotta give frankie Contreras some credit for that first good run in buggy in the first round that cemented his his 12th place start in the a main you know um yeah, good good starting position for Frankie Contreras. I think he was probably one of the biggest surprises after sweeping 
intermediate last year and then coming to do this. That's a, for me, that's a success story making the main. Let's see. I'd be interesting to follow this young gentleman, this young man's career. He's only 14, 15, I think. Got to meet him and his dad. Uh, what was probably, let's, real quick, out of qualifying, what was probably one of the most surprising things for you, good and bad? I mean, honestly, I wasn't really paying attention to anyone else. Except just focus on Ronald Falk the and his bell. Ding, 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 ding. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, probably Frankie and his runs, or that, especially that one run. That was but was really you good. surprised to Otherwise, see, like... Otherwise, I wasn't... I mean, I was kind of surprised of some drivers doing so badly, mm -hmm. like the Europeans. Cavallari, like, Don in the C-Main, Dal Figueredo. Cavallari, Joao, Robert. Savoia was kind of where he's been in the past also, like on the bubble there. But yeah, I was surprised they, they did that bad. Look at look at this B main. Ty Tasman, Jared Wiggins, Renault Savoya, Cole Ogden, Tyler Jones, Tanner Denny, Seth Van Dalen, Aiden Horn, Robert Badier, I think. I think Robert was the most surprised out of the Europeans. And I, would I was say very Ty, shocked at Robert. Also Ty to be second year in a row in the B main is Yeah, but he made up surprising. for it. He made up for it. He did, but still like why? Like, what's the I don't know what's going on there. Well, Robert shocked me the most. I mean, I've, I, I, I watched him at this race and he put in a good lap and I'd be like, oh, here's a good, because, you know, I was trying up to get video. So it was like, I could get two laps and I was hoping to get good, two good laps in and then I'd go to a different driver. I couldn't get it with Robert too much. I think I only got it once. So yeah, he really struggled at this race. And he, it, what makes it different is that he never struggled at this race anymore. And I'm just seeing maybe um, I mean, he hasn't been great i would say at this race typically oh yeah he came second in 2018. But actually yeah yeah that's but i think was he on the pace in qualifying already then or was it just a main thing uh i think but, he was he made the he made the main i think but he you know obviously he showed pace in the later latter part of that main. what he normally does you know yeah, what i mean but, but the thing that gets me about, for example, Robert and Joao also is that they are good enough to back it down a bit and mm -hmm. still do well, right? So that good lap you saw, okay, it was a good lap, but it was probably like taking a lot of risks. So sometimes I wonder that why not just back it down a bit and be consistently finish like eighth in the round because mm -hmm. that's all you have right you now going for like the tq when you don't have that pace the setup whatever it is i don't understand why not just take that attitude of okay eighth is all i can do basically i'm just gonna do that mm -hmm. maybe you squeak in the sixth place maybe you're 12 or eight but at least you're like in the main right or right at the top of the B, like why just blow out completely? Yeah, it was so un-Robert-like. You know what I mean? It was I, so I, un I wouldn't say that. Like he is that kind of driver. Like oh really? If something's wrong, then he he doesn't like back it down and well, play it safe. Just like Joao, it's like one speed, full fucking throttle. And well, if it's like not Marco working, it's Rufalo. really not working. You know. I so you look at someone else like uh mayfield for example now mm -hmm. 
you don't see him do that like ever really, do you? No. Like if something's wrong, he'll not anymore. Back it down to the back in the day that he can do. So that's kind of and and, and something David else I noticed too, about so. Robert. Something else I know about Robert. I know prior to coming on her, we had heard that he was. I said this on the Spanish podcast. Uh, we knew that Robert like Mugen wasn't gonna send him at one point. You know what I mean? And then he was like, "Yeah, I don't think Mugen's gonna send me." And then he got funds to go to this race, and. He wasn't like for me, like I noticed, and he doesn't usually, but he was like so, like he was nowhere near the Mugen camp. Like the Mugen camp was over by us in the corner under campers. He was over there with Nicola, of hot race in that slot. And he, I saw him, you know, I just didn't see him as much as part of the Mugen team this trip. You know what I mean? And I don't know, man. I just think there's some telltale. I, I think I forgot I think, to verify a story I heard. So, oh, okay. About that, <laughs> not being a, such a part of the Mugen camp. I heard that oh, okay. there were some uh, some issues there, but damn, I forgot to verify it, so can't. Okay, maybe so I'm not podcast. saying that, but I think I think Robert's coming up. Uh, he's what 34, maybe going 35 this year. He's he's world champion multiple time, European champion. Probably hasn't won that big race in America. I still think Robert has a lot of speed left in him and and pace, but I think Robert's value is in becoming like the Adam Drake of of Europe to an extent her eventually because he has that following yeah. he has he has the knowledge he has a good following he, he gets the social media side of things and I, i'll be honest i just think like i think with when you got like two drivers like the killix brothers coming up in mugen um, europe you know what i mean and they're coming and they're fast and they're gonna be faster and we know mugen doesn't spend a lot of money you know what i mean because they have mayfield they have you know, drake's an employee they don't really have many drivers just only drivers robert is one of them i i have a feeling that we're probably not going to see robert in a mugen in 2023 that's my opinion he's been with them for how long now quite some time i think that his and mayfield's contracts are up i i think 2020 really but robert's been with them since you know he won the 2012 worlds with him so that's 10 years and he was with yeah, them before and, that uh, so. who else was it i i remember that because um, we were originally with Mayako shooting for 2023, right? To hire right. a top guy. Mm -hmm. And I think David's con contract was also originally 2023. 2000 for 2023. Yeah. So I think I, all those three were up at that time. It's going to be an interesting silly season this correct. year, I think, at the end of the year. So it's going to be interesting to see. Do I think Robert's out of the world finals at... In, in Redavon, no, by far, no. I think he'll still be there. Uh, I just think um, he was just way off. Like, out of all the Europeans, he was probably the, the worst. Like, I, I hate to say it like that. You know what I mean? Uh, which is unusual to see for Robert. Uh, and and then David was, Ronafuck was the best European. Barufalo showed br glimmers of brilliance. You know what I mean? As usual. I think Barufalo and his pace yeah, I, right off the bat with the techno has been impressive. Il Machete. I don't don't know where he finished also, but he I mean, compared to Robert. Let's see, I'll tell you because we have final results. Um all right, so let's get on out of qualifying. Let's get to e buggy day. You was having fun. We did a we did a we did a podcast and all that stuff. You got your first mate Mayako, you yourself got your first ever uh big win, Proven at DNC. It was emotional. I remember going up there. 
and watching that race and just look, you was like down in the lower part of the storm, torn, uh, the scoring tower. I was up there and I just remember like when you won, I was like, Joseph, and then like catching all the emotions. I do. But man, uh, you that can was ask, a scary race. You can ask uh, Paul Ciccarillo, like I think three laps into the race. Is it three laps or three minutes? Well, close enough. Like very early on, I said out loud, like I said out like history is going to be made tonight. Then he turns around, looks at me and I said, just watch. Like, because I just watched how David drove and I could tell that he was comfortable enough, you know, from watching made him drive those all those weeks. I I figured, okay, it's over. Like he's got this. Yeah, but now, he started then, making those mistakes. Then I'm too. like, oh, for fuck's sake! Now I jinxed him, you know. <laughs> yeah, because lots came. I don't know if I don't know if David slowed down, but when I saw that, all I kept thinking about was the 2019 Euros when fucking Barton just came from out of nowhere, and I and and I was uh, like, don't tell me this is gonna happen again. What did he say? He said, I can't remember now. He the, he said there was a the air was affecting the wind was affecting me on the triple because he would jump that triple and his car would get floaty. Like you could see how his car landed. Like he he was over jumping. Yeah. He made with... a really big change for the main. So he'd been running shorty packs the whole time, and then he put full size yes. packs on for the main. Yeah, and uh, I think I think he made some other change. I can't remember now. Some setup change, but it was like it's i was a bit worried you know going in that's why i was then after a few laps i was like okay yeah but i can't remember now something there was some reason for him not doing that well there oh, i think it was the tires i think he said that he picked the wrong tire he thought mm. was it like he went too soft or something and then he backed off and he changed how he drove and found the rhythm again and then he could go like that was, it was a scary a, 10 it minutes was an actual for me. thing where it started off good and then it's like oh shit then he had to regroup sort of calm down a bit and that's when he made those couple of mistakes and dropped back a bit but then he found his rhythm again and then he pulled yeah then let's made that mistake and it was and, all over yeah. uh so there, there much relief like for us i mean even though like even though i'm not you know, like, obviously, I was happy, super happy. We come off there, like, you're happy. Parker is the first person we see, like, who, like, he's been with JQ since, like, forever. So this is big for him as well. And just the emotions going about and the people that came up and congratulated you and all that type of stuff. Even myself, when I got back to the pits, I just had to sit down. Tears were coming to my eye. It was emotional. It was good to see. Uh, it was a good, a good feeling as well. Uh, I was happy for lots as well I, I think i honestly obviously i wanted ronald to win but if lots would have won i don't think i would have been too angry because he deserved it too and a good third for cool uh because he needed that as well truggy you know anticipation was high i think uh ronald was probably the only guy that had something for him but he broke on like lap one which was a shame uh and to be honest i didn't i said this i'm not trying to recap the whole race but i don't think that Ryan Mayfield utterly ran away with this. I thought Ty had him, was going to catch him. But after, I swear it was Barufalo took him out on his pit in lap. Um, and then Gord tried to throw him from Canada, it looked like, from huh, from Medicine Hat Canada. He's trying to throw his truggy from Medicine Hat Can Canada to SoCal when he 
when he launched out of pits and he even admitted to me the next day that uh guy yeah, launched it too hard and he's he's lucky that ty didn't break but ty was the fastest guy in truggy my in my opinion and i thought that he had something for mayfield and i think david would have had something too but that un unfortunate break so kind of you know like yeah had it been a mayako truggy it would have been obama but it happened to be a tlr truck and they all broke and no offense i don't want to get in trouble yeah. from tlr hopefully they don't send another season desist now yeah because I mean, barry's upset with me off the last we podcast. supported your uh your company right there yeah. I, hey even bought a tlr truck for il machete from revelation raceway yeah well actually arguably it could be the one uh ronde falk built because he started building his first so oh. um yeah, yeah maybe that um, was the revelation one tlr so uh yeah we're supporting you guys yeah um Barry's a little wait, upset wait. at the last podcast. He's really mad at Max and Yeah, and Tony. on that note, when I first met Barry, he walked he doesn't up like and Max. said, yeah, he walked up and said a lot of uh, rude words, basically, <laughs> that I won't repeat. A lot of descriptions uh, that were very rude of uh, someone and basically expressed his displeasure with Max. Oh, he does not and like I Max. I had to explain to him that Max is not me and Max is not my son. So, <laughs> But he's very much Max like you. Max is just Max, you know? And I tried to find out why he was so angry at Max and why he hated Max so much. He actually said that the next time I see him, I'm going to punch him in the face. He was very <laughs> angry. So I said, can I put it Max. on YouTube? Because I think it could get good views. So can I film you punching Max in the face and put it on my YouTube channel. And he said that it was okay. So I'm actually looking forward to Max going to race in America or maybe the world's if Barry goes. So that will be a story to follow, definitely. So yeah, I but haven't been watching the podcasts. Max must have said something. About Fend. He's been analyzing. But, it's all started no, no. with you guys' analyzation of way. Fend. Okay. Rewind a bit. You know all the things I have said about TLR and Fend and inventing the word Fending, which is now in the vocabulary <laughs> of RC races. People talk about Fending when it's completely unrelated to Dakota Fend. <laughs> you can now Fend yourself. You can get Fended. You can Fend yourself. It's a verb to Fend, just like Mayfielding, another word that I created right so i did that and barry doesn't hate me right i think so he discovered it with max though. what what the hell has max said I don't I've, know. I've received a cease and desist letter from horizon hobby <laughs> for causing irreparable damage to their brand okay i invented the word fending and barry doesn't hate me but he well, he's really Max. upset after so the last what podcast. The hell, what the hell has Max said about Barry, about Fend, about TLR buggies? Like, what has he done to piss Barry off so much that Barry's going to punch him in the face? I don't know, but I think Barry might punch me the next time he sees me too. I hope not. Well, did I didn't say? say these things. Nothing. I think, uh, well, I don't think we said anything bad. Uh, Tony kind of said, like, TLR is missing that... Uh, Richard Saxon type of person and like that the TLR team has shrunk considerably, which it <laughs> <Ouch>. has. <laughs> he's so, like the, 
he's supposed to be the Richard Saxton kind of person, right? Right, but I think he just uh, you know, and and he kind of said that he doesn't think that her and his background. I mean, sorry, Barry's background is strictly nitro. I think Barry and Dakota are doing pretty. I think Dakota saved TLR's ass, but I would say that TLR and AE both had uh, non-memorable um, DNCs. Barry's even Barry's with a four from Dakota. You know what Barry's background is? Getting mad, having tantrums, and finishing second at World Championships. I, I want to I want to reiterate that these words did not come out of my <laughs> mouth, Barry Baker. That they came out of JQ's mouth. I no, I like cool. I yeah, he he I think he 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 actually listens while well, he's listening to the podcast, he would be messaging hey. me. Okay, I'm gonna anyway, give Barry oh. props. I'm gonna give Barry a bit of props. You know what? Barry Baker has actually managed to make Fend finish nitro buggy race. That's true. This is true. He even he, won AMS. Like he actually And did Southern the Nationals. Race. He finished the race and won. He won Southern now Nationals too. Now that is a feat. That is amazing. So you have to give Barry a bit of props too. Well, I, I do yeah. think that the fourth place that we're going to talk about Nitro Buggy. Let's talk about Nitro Buggy real quick. So Nitro I Buggy mean, happens. Hey, 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 wait a minute. He even okay. finished DNC. Fourth. Fourth. A much. Exactly. He, he saved saved TLR's behind with that fourth, in my opinion. Uh, let's talk about Nitro Buggy. Uh, lots of hopes, you know, on this podcast, Nitro is the glory. We're going to talk about Nitro Buggy, finish up on DNC in our trip, and then we'll go on to some RCGP news, and then that's it. We'll be going for two hours now. Nitro Buggy is the glory. Obviously, that's the that's the the big enchilada. That's the grand prize. That's what everybody wants to win. Uh, I'm sorry for Truggy guys and E-Buggy guys that, you know, that feel like we leave them out, but it's, I'm not, it's the truth. That's what everybody comes there for. Nitro is the glory on, on the West Coast. Did you see? It was like double Nitro entries to the, all the electric classes, which is a big difference from the Southeast at Dave's races where you would have equal or maybe more e-buggies than Nitro buggies. So the West Coast loves Nitro. Uh, going into this, I think Cole Ogden and, Cole Ogden and uh, Ty Tasman were your bumps. So they were taking 14 and two bump. I don't think either of them should have been in the B main, but I think it helped them both. I think it definitely helped Ty. So the start of this race, dude, I was nervous, but not so nervous. But after I saw like Ronafal getting shuffling all the way like to last, I was like, oh shit, what the fuck's going on here? Uh, and then I was just like, well, it looks like Mayfield and Joe Warnhorst are going to run away with it. And, and again, like Mayfield got out front and just made very little mistakes. And while, and Joe got behind him. And then them two broke out. And at one point, like, Bornos was going to lap Ronafalk, I think. And then he fought back to get that yeah, back. And he got he up. With, yeah, he did. So he unlapped himself, got back up with that gaggle because it was a serious, like, the race really, yes, watching Mayfield and Bornos go out there and do that thing was great. But the race was actually from, from third to sixth. So you had, uh, like, Mason Fuller was up there at thir in third at one point. You know what I mean? And anyway, it was him, Tessman, Fend, and and Rana Falk battling out for that position. And those guys went at it for for like 35 minutes, I think. Yeah. They raced to the very end. For David, it was sort of unfortunate. So uh, he, I would say that it was sort of a combination of three different things. Mm -hmm. One was 
that uh, he had the wrong line choices in the beginning of the race. Mm-hmm. And he even said like he was using the same lines he used in e-buggy, but this was the next day and the track was different. So that was a bit of a mistake on his part that he stuck to the same line and actually crashed twice on the same bump. Even Degani was going out there on the track. Yeah, like, I saw that. Degani was getting like, it all Get into there. it. Like, I was like, like, this was like the world for Greg. Bump. He was serious. I, yeah, yeah. So there was that. Like, unfortunate line choices in the beginning of the race. Okay? Yeah, and he then crashed at that same spot over and, and over. And being mid-pack and in the craziness, you know, yeah. and not sort of having the calmness of mind to acknowledge that like oh shit i need to change my lines okay which then comes down to the second point which also adrian said is just lack of racing you know At that because level. it's been a while to re- i mean any kind of racing but especially on that level mm-hmm. and when you haven't done that you get a bit excited you know nervous excited there's just that sort of race routine is missing at that level so that's the second thing and then the third thing I would say that he did make some big changes for the main on setup. So the car was also different. So he had to adapt to the car. So he had to adapt to the track in a race situation, mid-pack, adapting to the car at the same mm-hmm. time. And that was a bit too much to ask. And also, I think that the car setup wasn't the best it could have been. Like, it wasn't good enough. I think it was too hard for him to drive at that point. Like there were some things that should have been different, like maybe more rear toe in, for example. So it's not quite sh- so oversteery loose, you know, just small things like that. It was still obviously good. His top 15 laps were faster than Mayfield's, for example, like his speed was good, but it just contributed to those first five minutes being a disaster. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's. I think that's he racing. saved what could have been a really bad performance into a, a decent performance. I'll, I'll, for me personally, top five is good. Obviously, he wants to win. Uh, or I think at yeah. one point he could have had a top three. He could have been. Yeah, tired. to be honest, I almost sort of gave up at one point because I looked at like he got up to sixth, and I thought, okay, that's that's pretty good. Like it's not a complete disaster. Like saving face a bit and i looked and it was like over 20 seconds to testman i think was fifth at that point and i i kind of gave up like yeah that's not gonna happen like oh well and i actually walked around the track just to watch the cars in different sections and then i checked like he's ahead of testman like mm-hmm. did testman lap him and i'm like holy shit like he caught up so now he was actually battling them at that point so yeah and Degani actually said the same thing that he actually gave up too like after after the thing that really screwed David was he jumped into that uh berm before the triple mm-hmm. but he crashed into that berm mm-hmm. and then the, I mean the marshal couldn't go there he was mid-pack at this point like six seven something like that then he just dropped to the very back of the pack dead last with a over 50 second lap I think it was so, I and mean, then he kept was, crashing over on that corner on that the, was, the, the left side after the front section. That was a before that. This was like the nail in the coffin. Oh, after okay. this, he okay. was alone and last, and then he like figured out his lines and right, right, right. Started. right. Uh, I think, hey, 
that that was a great battle between those guys. I think uh, Fenn saved TLR's ass with that fourth. I talked to him afterwards. He was a little bit upset. He said it was really aggressive out there, like the driving. I think Ty Tasman comes out of there smiling. B-Main, you know what I mean? I felt kind of bad because I went up to interview them on, on the Sunday, and I said, like, hey, have you guys got uh, A-Main practice? Are you are you going up for practice? And I forgot. And I was like, oh yeah, why didn't we not we didn't make practice? I was like, oh that's right, you're in the B man. Like I forgot subconsciously. I said, yeah, I apologize. He goes, no, it's fine. We're in the B man. We're in the B man. I think that extra twenty five minutes helped them out a lot. Um, they got their program together, and I think yeah, like third place for Ty is good as a win in that situation. Mayfield, what can I say? The guy got got out front, made very little mistakes, and done what Mayfield's done. Many times over for the last two years. Um, and yeah, like Mason Fuller all up in that battle with those guys. Impressive. Super impressive. He ended up finishing. Let's see. So your top five was Ryan Mayfield, Bornhorst, Tessman, Fenn, Ronafalk, Mason Fuller, six, Jarrett Tebow, seventh. He'd be upset with that seventh. I think he would want more a win. Jackson Brunson, eighth. Dude, I think that's great for Jackson. You know what I mean? Like, first real big race on his HB car. He said he's loving his car. Davide, Don in ninth. Meh. You know, somewhat. CJ Jalen, 10th. Ryan Pavitas, great result for him. 11th. Cole Ogden, 12th. Meh. Shmeh. Max said it right. Max said it on the podcast, and this is no disrespect to Cole. Because when it comes to Cole Ogden, you could tell me he's in the C main starting last and bumped up to the A main and won. Or you can say his TQ and broke on the first lap. I, I with, with Cole, it could be either one of those things and anything in between. Um, and then uh, Spencer Rifkin, man, lackluster 14th. He would be upset with that. And Baruffalo 15th didn't really show him show what the pace that he had this year, this week, this weekend. I mean, but he was faster. He, I don't, I don't know. He I don't would think have he been was... in that battle like. Uh, possibly third, fourth, fifth, sixth. I think so. Could have been there. I think so. And then Frankie Contreras in 16th, your last place finisher in that main. And I just wanted to reiterate because we was wondering who uh, who finished. Where Seth and Dalen was 17th, Spencer Hackett 18th. Robert Batty actually managed a 19th place. Had this been a Worlds and ladder style, I think we would have seen Robert in the main with that type of. He did obviously did better in the mains. Uh, Tanner Denny would, would better than 20th, 20th Renault Savoya, 21th. Tyler Jones, I think one of the big biggest losers in this weekend in, in Buggy, 21st. He doesn't want to beat. And Aiden Horn, 23rd. You know, well, sorry, 22nd for Tyler Jones. And then obviously Cavalari Don in 26th. So let's see. Where are you? So Adam Drake finished 31st. And Alex uh, Zankatine. Oh, I would have been 31st then. Alex Zankatine actually finished 35th. Y'all 32nd. And then uh, you finished 44th. So yeah, that's... I broke. You were the worst placing... Sorry, Tyro Kralik was the worst placing European. He finished last. God damn, Tyro. Yeah. Uh, what's your thoughts? Surprises? Just wrapping up. Nitro Buggy main. Any surprises for you there? Any good surprises, any bad surprises? Or was you just too focused on runner folk? Um, I don't know. I mean, not really any surprises as such. 
I would say. I'm yeah. trying to think of a surprise. All right, so uh, that we went home early. We uh, that was the night that we actually we actually wasn't early, but it was the night that we actually all went together to Denny's and had food for the first time, all of us together on this trip. So that was nice. Uh, uh we had a blast, and then everybody went there. Like, it's, it's just like everything, you know. You get there, and this tent city pops up, and everybody's there. And then like when you go sun, when you leave Sunday evening, everybody's gone. And then it was even sadder when we went there Monday, and like it was just us there. You know, and it was still people, it was a couple people there. But for me, all in all, I had a great time. I really enjoyed this race as an observer. I got to a lot of, watch a lot of racing. Do I think 980 something entries is too much? Yes. I have to correct something too, because we got caught up on the last podcast with Tony and he kind of made the mistake of calling entries uh, people. And he kind of was like, well, it's probably like 3,000 people there. While I think there was... A, yeah, he kind of made that. a mistake. Yeah, he made that mistake. And we kind of, I didn't, fix him, right? I know, I didn't correct him on the podcast, but I will correct him wow. now. I will say this there were 380 drivers there, but I think there might have been on a daily basis 800 to 1,000 people there, like with friends, family, and all that type of stuff. Wait, but at the I, track? Yes, I think there was There's about, no way. yes, Joseph, there was about no, 800 no people way. there. Yeah, it was on no, a daily no basis. Way. I will tell you that Saturday and Sunday with spectators, people walking in, there had to be about 2,500 people there at one point on Saturday and Sunday. No way. Just not all day. 2,500 people? No. Just coming into, if you, there were a lot of people walking around and just coming for the experience of DNC Saturday and Sunday. Like I'm just talking about with racers and families and people coming to see this for the first, there was a lot of people walking around, milling around, that's where you got there a lot of love. More than one thousand people there. Really? I think there was more than a thousand people there. I do. I think definitely on Saturday, but definitely wasn't. I know we made that mistake. Uh, Nine hundred eighty entries, Joseph. Um, that's a lot of entries. Now we know PMB is going to go for a thousand or more. At what point? I guess it doesn't matter no more. We kind of said it like this: DNC is a festival, and an RC car race breaks out at it. That's the best way you can look at it because the the ambience of the race was was good like people were there enjoying themselves it was partying you let loose saturday night you got you had a few drinks and stuff yeah. like that you got to hang out a little bit um we didn't we went home i think it was a great positive dnc for you for mayako for the podcast for everybody involved obviously some people went home happier than others yeah it was a good return to racing i think it was just good to see everybody together racing again in my opinion how about you yeah i would say so so to wrap up our california trip we spent the next three days we cleaned up that packed all that shit in the van dude there's so much stuff we had to take out of that house boxes and boxes of tires like i just couldn't believe it uh we got all of that out wednesday we did some tourist stuff i headed home i got back thursday you got back home saturday and now we're here. Uh, it's a good time. I had fun with you, Joseph. I know you had a good time too. It was probably one of the best DNCs we've been to in a, in, a, in a while. Definitely better than 2020, in my opinion. So. Yeah, I would agree. All right. So real quick, I, we've been going for a long time and Joseph's attention span is warning. Uh, Joseph, RCGP news. Uh, you've been dropped or self-inflicted drop from RCGP. What's funny about this is like, no matter what, it's always gonna be like, it's like people, 
this is so not right and this and blah, blah, blah. He's the guy who made this. And I'm like, hold on. JQ involved in RCGP, people hate it. JQ not involved in RCGP, people piss and burn. What is it, people? Uh, self-inflicted drop by you. Actually, I shouldn't say self-inflicted. I give myself, I can't reach my back. So I'll pat my left shoulder. I give myself a pat in the back. Uh, yeah, like I really think this is the best role for you going into to RCGP. Uh, let's talk about this. Let's talk about some RCGP because this is coming up now. First, we have the Nationals coming up next weekend, which will be a big race. But then we have the RCGP race where I'll get to see you again. And well, this time you won't be racing. This isn't what people are going to care about because the news that's coming out is going to be what people are going to care about. So just quickly, yeah, I'm not racing because we have some young up-and-coming talent on the Invisible Speed JQSM Mayako team. Can we can All we right. get a slash NNRC in there too? My, no, you don't. You don't fuck. pay enough. No I love. pay you. What the fuck? Yeah, but you got to show the NNRC. Way. So you know what? So, uh, hold on, real quick. I have yeah. okay. I have a pet peeve to pick with you. We need to get NNRC on these sponsored uh, lists. It felt so bad. I was. I didn't even get That's a nitrous to glory. To That's up to you. So, uh, what was I saying? Yeah, so there's the Mayako factory team, and then there's another team also running Mayako, and that other team is for the future. What? Well, yeah. The youth, the future champions. Which it was supposed to be. Uh, which uh, I I don't know if RCGP have announced them at this point, actually, but two young stars are going to be running uh, yeah. Mayako buggies in RCGP. At yeah, the first actually, there might America. be three. It might be three, but they won't be. They'll be running a different brand. The third person might be running a different brand. But we have three. Well, we might have three potential young stars that did well in RC two racing in RCGP coming up very soon. Yeah, yeah, but that's different. We aren't talking yeah. about that team right now. So anyway, so that's. It. I mean, I'll be there. I'll be. Uh, what would be your trouble. role? What would be, be your a, role? I'll be a mechanic and a team manager. I actually think you're going to be the biggest pain in the ass to everybody involved at this race. Yes, probably, but it's required. There are some people that need uh, to be slapped around a bit. Oh, see what I mean? I see it already coming. skill level is uh, far outweighing or surpassing their mechanical ability to put cars together, maintain them, set them up. I wasn't uh, even talking about that. I wasn't talking about stuff. that. Like, I was talking about the RCGP staff. Well, that too. That too. But I'm now talking about my mission here with JQSM. So okay. certain people need to be slapped around a bit so that they perform to that level that they are expected to perform. Right? <laughs> so that's going to be my task. You are one of them. Yeah, that's going to be my task there. And of course, if... Uh, the RCGP staff oh my gosh. have been sleeping for the last three years. Or what is it, two years? Uh, I'll slap them around a bit too. You know what? I see Mao DQing you from this race as He's a team not, manager. Uh, he cannot because he is now affiliated with Mayako. He, he's not a referee anymore. So, so who- he will actually be there, but he's kind of a middleman between teams and race uh can I give you a pre-DQ then? Can I can I be the referee and DQ you now? Actually, I don't even know who the referee is. 
Oh, we hope it's. But not. I know that it's not Mao. That's for yeah, sure. interesting, interesting. Uh, but that's coming up so here soon. That. What's the, what's anyway, this big announcement? So the big news that uh, RCGP released is that the races will be covered, but not shown to people. Oh right, what I forgot about this. Yeah, yeah, because it's pay per view, just like UFC or any other freaking sport these days. Uh, so I could expect a lot of negativity around this because oh, this is gonna RCGP hit the shit is gonna hit the fan with this. That's for sure. Is, there's gonna be some negativity. So I figured some. let's just let's just uh, address this right here, right yeah. now, so that we get the story straight. Right. So pay per view. What the hell? What is this all about? Why do you have to pay to watch RCGP? Well. Here's the deal. Every functioning sport in the world, pretty much at this point, that has good coverage, has some sort of pay-per-view system. Be it UFC, Formula One, MotoGP, Motocross, Supercross. Supercross, everything. Why? Because there has to be a way to generate income to be able to run the series. What RCGP is trying to do is go next level when it comes to track presentation, race environment and presentation, the race experience for the people racing, the coverage, uh, the quality and amount of content, the, uh, the entire circus that is RCGP, right? The goal is to go next level with it. Why? Because we want to create a more seriously, uh, like most more sort of professional, interesting event that can be taken seriously by others than insane people who just naturally like RC racing, right? We want people to look at what we do and think, wow, that's cool. That's something I would like to do or I would like my kid to do. You know, we we need that in this world right now. We need to be competitive. We need to get more people in, in the hobby. We need to inspire people who are already bashing with RC cars to want to race. So we need to professionalize. We need to improve. That's what RCGP is trying to do right now. Uh, to be able to do that, you need money, right? Because it costs money to fly everyone in and do the media production and all the promotion, all, all, all of that stuff. Now, why do it this way? Look at the other races right now in RC. How do they do it? By we entries. Just race, we just had a race that had 980 entries. That means like there's about $100,000 in income. The entries plus some sponsors. I think that Joey probably net profit pocketed about a hundred grand. If if we're gonna be uh, really generous, let's say eighty. If if he didn't make eighty thousand US dollars in his pocket from that race, then he needs to go to business school or something. Because putting that race on, him building the track, permanent facility, rent probably P. Now this year he he made a he made a not mix. having to pay for live RC, not paying for any media, not flying in anyone. There is no way 
that race cost. So who pays for the media for Live RC? The manufacturers? No, I think Live RC just show up because it's DNC, like they want to okay. do. It. Uh and they have the other sponsors, I guess, maybe. So that race is not expensive to put on, and the income is like, I don't know, $120,000 maybe. So, okay, you have that money, and that's fine. It's it's okay to put on a race and make money. That's fine. No, nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that yeah, at all. Yeah, there's, there's nothing wrong with that. But that's one race. That's one way of doing it. There are other races with similar business models, maximize the entries. Well, mm-hmm. for an individual racer... That is not great value. You cannot go to that race, pay for one class, pay $100, race one class, and claim to enjoy yourself if what you enjoy is racing RC cars because the track time is so limited. Practice day, you run one time, seven minutes or something. That's not a great experience, is it, if you're a racer? Qualifying day... uh, Did you get three? I, yeah, three. Qualified. Yeah, I know what like, you mean. I know what you mean. Time I know. is limited. That's one like, way. All right, so two different business models. One, okay. you, as many entries RCG, as you can. Yeah, RCGP one that is you not get more doing that. Mm-hmm. The idea is limited entries, so you can't make the money from entries. Mm-hmm. Yet you still have to put on this race, and also you are flying in media staff. You are creating the content. You are creating the coverage. You are um, investing in. It's costing money. It's costing a lot of money. Creating something more than just your average race, right? Right. So it's you about have the show. to you you have to generate income somehow. Okay. So you do the same thing as all of these other sports are doing. You have a TV package. In this case, it's buy a house of RC because that's something else that's growing and helping to unite RC racing. House of RC offers a media package. With the media package, you can pay monthly or you get a discount if you pay one-time payment for the whole year. I think it was $100. So you pay $100, you get all that content uh, live. Okay. So This content is not only going to be RCGP races. If this mm. concept works... The idea is to cover more races. So races that are not currently covered will have this same level of coverage. Or Well, it can't be exactly the same because RCGP doesn't control the mm-hmm. race event. Mm-hmm. So same staff goes to an event, covers it. It's not RCGP now, but the same people are doing the coverage. So it will be of a high level. Like I'm talking like World's Warm-Up, for example. No coverage right now. Okay. Well, if this, uh, if, if this works, you can have it. If it works, well, then you can have it. Euros warm up, same thing. Uh, even some American races that don't have coverage right now, or maybe just have a static camera right now, this way it could be done. Mm-hmm. So it mm-hmm. really is up to us, up to us as individuals who go to these races, who enjoy RC, who would like to see a change. Now we have the power to actually make a change. We often feel like, well, I'm just one person. What the hell can I do? Now we have created something where each one of us who feels like we would like things to change, we can contribute to it. If we all subscribe with $100 for one year, how many people on the the Discord? 400 people on the 
in an RC Discord, right? Mm -hmm. Jesus Christ, that's a good start already right there. <laughs> How many people bought my book? Uh, there must be some overlap there, maybe a thousand more people there. Mm -hmm. A couple of hundred people are uh, Mayako members. Like there, there's a couple of hundred in the online course. Like there's some overlap, of course, but there are already a few thousand people who get it, who are into this, who listen to the podcast, who buy the Invisible Speed book. They get the course. They are Mayako members. They are on the NNRC Discord. Like. Even us that enjoy this thing, we are kind of the inner circle of the Yeah, I'll be paying to this. Group. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to buy too. Okay, I'm not Even if too. we all, if all of us th think like, you know what? Let's just fucking do this and see how far we can go. That's already enough. You yep. know? This is really a, that kind of situation. Yes, there are going to be haters. Yes. Oh, I can hear it now. People play. pissing man about blah, the blah, five blah. bucks to live RC, I, which I, I paid know, I know. gladly. But I'm telling you, this is a plan that is not about uh, lining anyone's pockets or getting rich. This literally is a plan to improve RC racing. Take our industry somewhere it hasn't been before. That is the goal. David Isherwood, who started RCGP, spent money to create RCGP in, in the first year. COVID caused a setback, two years of no RCGP. Going into this year again, it was very close that he wouldn't do it because he again has to spend money to do it. But, well, all of us who were involved in the first year, we talked about it. This idea of the pay-per-view, if it works... It has potential, you know. The, the series is full. We have seven teams in RCGP. Uh, RC2 class is full. There's a cap, but it's full also. There's enough interest about the series. People want it to come back. This can really work, but it's up to us if we choose to spend that money to support this idea. It's not too much money for RC races. It's like... One day at the track for a club race, you spend that money already. Just one day. Mm -hmm. Club race, entry fee, a set of tires, some fuel. Like You already spend more than that. You know, you go out to eat with your family, you spend that or more than so that. So quick like, question, Joseph. It, it's not a lot of money. It's more of a mindset thing. Like, so, do, you, do you want to support this or not? If that's the question i agree with you there i mean I, I you told me about this when i was out in california so i know all about it but um how do we convince like these are the same people like i remember when live rc was like hey we, we, look for me uh i like when like when all rc so the all access pass i would buy it because i wanted to see the race you know what i mean i don't mind it was like 35 bucks or something like that for to watch the entire race when they did that and people pissed them in about it or, or live RC said, if we got enough sponsors, we would not, we would air it for free, which they did. They honored that people yeah. complaining about, you know, I think the five bucks I spend for live RC is probably one of the best five bucks I spend a month. You know, I yeah. could go check any race that I want and all that type of stuff. But I understand that that little bit of money that I pay towards them helps maybe helps them go to another race because why I want to see these races. Cause unfortunately 
you know, I don't live in America and I can't get to all these races. And we, 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 we just complained about how we thought the coverage of Montpellier was not very good. And you know, how yeah. we are disappointed with the coverage of the races coming out of Europe. So if this helps, if my hundred dollars not only gives me the opportunity, well, I'll probably be at RCGP, but if this gives me the opportunity to see the world's warm up and euros warm up and maybe a race like AMS or something like that with, uh, with control and the same guys that do RCGP and that quality, of yeah. course, I'm going to pay it. And I think that's what people and have also, to understand. Also, if those other races get better coverage, more of the top drivers would probably we'll to show them. up because then, I mean, even for Moyako, I know like some of the American races, yeah, they would be nice to do, but there's no coverage. So where's the benefit? It's like, that's something that's so backwards when, for example, talking with some of the American teams about joining RCGP, it's like, well, when we go to this race, there's so many entries and right, so right, many people right, there. Right. So we reach them and it's like, yeah, but it's still like 200 people in a barn somewhere mm-hmm. when it could be a global audience plus the 100 people in a barn somewhere. Like the disconnect is... is. Uh, just I get that. I, I've heard that before too. So I'm a the Joe Blow sportsman that... racer, right? Why yeah. should I give you a hundred dollars? Why should I give RCGB a hundred dollars to watch this race? Because I think, it, and then you, then they'll say, well, I could watch it on live RC for free or this or this or that. The, Why the should I give is, you a hundred dollars? You see, the difficulty there is that there's not a direct benefit, like immediate benefit uh, for everyone. Some people, there will be because their local race or the race they are going to gets better coverage and gets more top drivers there. But that's like a minority of people. If you look bigger picture, what we are talking about is in RC in general, we see a lot of hobby shops closing. We see a lot of tracks closing. It's not something that is impossible to imagine that RC could die for you. If in your area, your hobby shop uh, closes and they run the track and the track closes and the closest track is six hours away, well, RC is dead for you. You know, mm. that ha- that has happened for um, many people. Slot car racing, for example. It's happened for me here. Be a big thing. It happened for you in RC. You don't have a track anymore. Like, it's a reality, right? I just think that if we can improve what we do so if we can have this glamorous glamorous world series best drivers best tracks best coverage it's something to look up to to it's something that inspires people to race it's something that pushes the race formats and uh, improving them and making racing more fun and how to make uh, uh, that experience of going to a race more exciting and more fun for the p- participant. You know, it can be something like that. Not only that, also expanding the coverage to other races. So we have more uh, of the races in the world with good coverage. I think it's a net positive for the industry. We can help to push every race forward, even if it's not covered by this group, because mm-hmm there will be more people excited about going racing globally. That's what we want. And that's what we can achieve only if enough people come together and decide to support. 
maybe it's not a hundred dollars for the whole year maybe you just support for thirty dollars for two months you know mm-hmm. it every little bit helps if enough people support it's like crowdfunding instead of seven companies paying a lot of money and really have to think that can we really afford this is it really worth it now everyone can if every single person that heard this message subscribed for one month it would be a lot of money i guarantee it and here's the thing that we didn't mention the races will be available for free also just not live so this is for the people who like me i'm a fan of supercross i don't want to wait to watch the race i want to watch it live because if i by mistake go on instagram or facebook i see the results or if my friend just talks about it i hear the results then i'm pissed off like i want to watch the race without knowing what happens so i watch it live or the next day that's what this uh, media package gets you if you subscribe you get to watch it live or you watch the replay immediately after. Mm-hmm. If you don't want to spend any money, you can still see the racing, but it's going to be delayed. Maybe a month, maybe six weeks. But it's going to be available at some point, mm-hmm. free online. So, question, when will, when can people, obviously we're recording this as this is going to be announced, but how can people do this? How can people sign up? Uh, I mean, I would assume it's in the announcement. Honestly, I don't know. I know that it's through House of RC. So it's like a subscription plan on House of RC. So it's one of the levels that you can... House of RC is free, but if you subscribe, you get like extra um, features. So I guess one of the levels is, okay, you get a media package. And then whatever races that uh, media crew goes to cover you get to watch that. Mm-hmm. And it's not just racing. There's also other content, like some monthly show they are doing and other stuff. So, yeah, I'm sure there'll be some videos explaining all of that. Sweet. Well, I know that the proverbial shit will hit the fan when this comes out because I know RC people. But I think if they sit down, relax, and really think about it, they'll see why this has to happen and what benefit it has for us in general so like i would love to see the world's warm up you know i'm not going to be there so i'd love to watch it and at a yeah. quality like a decent quality not some guy standing in the corner before on camera yeah i mean especially if all the americans go to the world's warm-up it's going to be a really mm-hmm. good race you know and it would be a shame if there's no proper coverage from that you know pit walkabouts interviews good uh, filming of that all the mains and all that stuff so even right there that's a reason to sign up good stuff good stuff well rcgp isn't too long away so i if you want to watch it live uh click that link and you know what what, what we, we had a hashtag for this what was it hashtag grow rc hashtag grow rc take a picture and tag us in that tag the nnrc tag rcgp we're going to be doing it as soon as JQ pays me a hundred bucks. Uh, <laughs> I'm not, pay- you have to, you have to sacrifice a bit. Of I know. Money. Well, I'm no. sure I need to get some money in my PayPal. Listen, first. listen, I know what thing. it's all about. I'm just Here. joking. After, Can you take it easy? You get, after you get four tires for your car, oh, four new tires that are the same brand, same tires, actually, it's like going to be one a while. set, one set of tires for your car. Then you get this subscription. I'll okay. get the subscription first. There we go. Then screenshot that shit. Hashtag because the, the possibility of me getting the subscription first and the, me getting four tires first is that definitely the subscription is going to come first. 
Okay. Do that then. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Do that. Grow RC and hashtag grow RC, tag RCGP, tag all of us. And let's see if we can start this movement because I want to see RCGP stay around too. And I know that it has to generate income. I have an idea of the amount of money that Ishwood has spent out and the amount of stress that it's caused them. So I think it's only fair that they do at least make money where they don't come out of pocket. You know what I mean? To do this type of stuff. Because one thing I learned after working at DNC and doing that all on my own, which I really enjoyed, that people should get paid to do that because it's a lot of work. And you're giving up something that you love to do it. Uh, so that should be announced. Follow the instructions. I'll figure out how it works too. So if anybody's having an issue, I'll know. And once I know, if I can figure it out, then everybody can figure it out. So, um, because if it's, if, if Lefty can do it, then I think anybody can do it. I think it's good. I think it's good. I think the people that get it will do it. And the people that piss and man will piss and man even more. And then they'll be upset when they can't see the race. And they'll be like, I got to wait four weeks, six weeks. Well, not me because I have a subscription. So. More RCGP news. I don't know if it's going to be something that's happening, but I have you here and I doubt you'll be on her when it happens. But I found it very ironic. Uh, if we go back to um, what's uh, on the turn from a couple of years, many years ago, when they had a, they had a live show of like was Mark and like Tebow and Born Horse. And I think Lutz was there or maybe Drake was there. I can't remember. And the subject of RCGP came up. They never seem to get this race subject right on this podcast. I wish... I wish they would put you on or put David Isherwood on so he can explain everything, how it works. But especially in this time, it was a lot of, you know, mysterious stuff around it. And I remember Borna saying he'll never do a RCGP as long as you're involved. Well, you're still involved, but I think we're going to get to see Bornhorst do an RCGP. And that's also great. said it was a scam. <laughs> yeah, but that, but it's, it's great. You have to find that clip. That's I couldn't so find great. it. And I'm not saying that to say, hey, look, like, you know, fuck you a born horse. I'm going to say that I think born horse is going to get a chance to do it. I mean, he's going to get a chance to see how good it is. And I think he's going to like it. Yeah. And that's it's a good the same thing. with all these guys like Mayfield too. You remember at the Australia worlds where he was like saying like, do we really want to follow JQ down this road? Like it's just a way for, to get him to race more. Like it's just a way for you to race more for him, him to get to race more or something. I can't remember. He said something like that. Like, making it about me missing the fucking point completely, right? Because that's how it is. And that's also the problem with something like this pay-per-view. Like the first gut reaction is like selfish for most people. Okay. What's in it for me? And then, okay, this other guy, it must be about what's in it for him. You know, it's it like pe people can't compute like, Hey, let's do something together for the greater good. Like this, this would really help all of us. You know, they're like, is that possible? Can we like do something that could help <laughs> me, myself and someone else? Like, is that actually, can we, is this, is this possible? You know, like it seems like something uh, that's a utopia. Like, no, it's real fucking life. You just decide like, hey, let's do this. It's the right thing to do. It's good. It, it helps everyone. Let's do this. Like, man, it's insane. I, you know I what? Think that, I will pay the hundred dollars just because what? I want to see you gloves off as a team manager, giving everybody shit. Like you don't, <laughs> you know what I mean? You did it as a driver. Now as a team manager, you're going to have a little bit of power. 
and you're going to be like, it's going to go right to your head. And I can see you like filing protests and all that. I mean, I think I was a, wasn't I a team manager already when I was the driver? Yeah, but you was also like concentrating on racing. Now you have time to pick, nitpick everything. Right. You'd be out yeah. there if you had calipers. This but banner's six millimeters off. Fix it. I think that most people who said stuff like what Bornhoff said or Mayfield said, it's like I said earlier in this podcast, it doesn't come from a place of deep thinking. It's like initial emotional reaction kind of stuff. Yeah. And then if you actually sit down and think about the stuff, then you kind of realize that you're wrong. So I'm pretty sure Bonas will be there. I'm pretty sure he'll enjoy it. I'm pretty sure if Mayfield was racing for a brand that was taking part in RCGP, he would be there too. So I I have never really put much weight onto those kind of comments because I know that they aren't true. And there you go. This is the story of your life. Everybody telling you what can't be done and you go ahead and do it. I can't wait. Be there in a couple of weeks. It's going to be awesome. But first, we have a Nationals to go through. And then uh, and it's RCGP. But I think right now, everybody's just talking about RCGP. Because people are excited about it. People are excited about it. So I'm excited, too. I'm excited. New, different coverage. I haven't been told everything. I'll be there probably the Wednesday. I don't know what my role is exactly going to be. but I hope the weather's good. And I also hope that yes. the teams send... Enough of the team send enough of the drivers to all rounds. Mm-hmm. That's what I hope. Yeah. And they send them to like the media days and all that stuff, like they're supposed to. Oh, they'll so, be there. Yeah. Oh, see? Oh, you know they'll why? be there. They'll yeah, be because there. otherwise they won't get practice. <laughs> That's how you get people to show up for media day. You make it. Oh, practice. really? Really yep. interesting. All right. Well, anything else to say about RCGP? Like I said, they'll be unveiling the tires, the teams, yes, actually, all that, that stuff. Was we, have to, we have to respect that, don't we? Yeah, the other announcement was the controlled tires. Okay. So you, you can announce that now. Uh, they're going to be TZO tires, TZO 200 tires. I don't know which one, so you're going to have to tell me that one. Uh, yeah, there's a controlled tire. It's called they, so they, tire. So they made this specifically for this race? Yes, so they are the official tire supplier of the RC2 class in RCGP for the entire for all races. Oh, okay, that's right. Very great partnership there with them. Would they come up with a different tire each race? No, or would they just use what they have existing? How would that work? I think it's going to be that same tire, just a different compound at every race. Really interesting, interesting, interesting yes. stuff. Big moves for TZO. They made a lot of big moves at at uh dnc they're making a big move with rcgp i guess we're gonna have to get nick on her to have like an official 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 podcast nick goes big does he he went big at dnc um all right man anything anything you wanted to add before we close up we've been going for almost three hours here it's a long time yeah we were supposed to just have a short one today Never happens never happens hey man it was good chatting to you i look forward to seeing you in a couple weeks um and uh hopefully our accommodations aren't too janky maybe i might have to come stay with you but like, hey jake you got room on your floor sleep in my room oh well i don't have my air mattress because no. it's in the van i'm definitely not uh, staying anywhere near you so i can sleep <laughs> hey i need some i need i know i need to lose weight but i need some remedies for snoring people and don't say a sleep apnea machine it ain't happening i 
I have heard that you can just smash a pillow in your face until uh, you stop snoring. Well, that would be death. I've heard it works. Yeah, well, death and snoring. I don't know. I'd rather snore. Anyway, man, it was a good chat with you. Good catch up. Uh, I look forward to seeing you. Uh, it's going to be a good 2022. Um, I don't know when we'll be together again, like to do a podcast, maybe after RCGP. You know, you you bless us. You grace us with your presence once a month. You know, when you become right. a superstar like JQ. Maybe after. Yeah. You, you only come on once a month. And, you it's know. It's better that way. It is. So today we're recording this on Wednesday. This is coming out on Friday. Friday. Mm-hmm. Somewhere in between this, those RCGP announcements go up. I'm really curious to see that uh, media package. Uh, oh, I can. I know how it's going to go. The, and the feedback. I, I, I'm, I'm really waiting. For, I have a feeling as soon as that gets announced, my phone is going to be like. It's like RCGP is dead. Yeah. That's what people are going to say. It was so funny to see people so negative about you being dropped. They don't need to do this and blah, 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 blah. I'm like, oh, people, this is Actually, a good thing. You know what? I didn't do that shit. Oh, also. you didn't? Oh. No, we just sent the team to the to RCGP and I wasn't on it. And they posted that. Mission accomplished, Lefty. You've done your job. Hmm. Yeah, but I'll still race. You I'll should race still race. race. But can I? <laughs> I hope. Let's, you will not race. Let's see in if Europe. we have a young European. You will have a young European in, in or Australian in Europe. So we'll see. just let's just forget that. You know. What are you talking about? Can Kanai's results don't matter. JQ's results don't matter. They matter to me. You know what should matter? Learn how to play your guitar properly and getting that song done. That's what you should focus on. Then your I results won't really matter. This, this guy had two gara- two guitars, two guitars in this house. I thought they were in the house already. I was kind of wondering why this Airbnb didn't have a toaster, a coffee maker, utensils, cups, plates, any of this stuff. Not even a broom. I had a broom. But it had freaking two guitars sitting there that I found out that were yours. You left her. Yep. So we have to address you and have an intervention for you and your addition to buying guitars. It's not an addiction. Yeah, it is. All right, Joseph, I think that's it for today. Um, thank you for your time. Your, your light's going dim. I know it's getting late there in, in I haven't said Sweden, Finland. In Finland. Uh, it was a good chat. Good catching up with you. I hope you guys enjoyed this. I am interested to see the feedback on the media package too, even though I know it's going to yep. be negative, but I think people will get it. Some people will get it. We'll and, see. Once, and once they listen to this, they'll get it too. I think we have to talk about it every single podcast to explain it like, Think of a way to explain it in like two minutes. Yeah. Hashtag pro RC. Then just do that every podcast. Yeah. Also, I just want to say real quick, I know I said shout out to him earlier, but shout out to happy birthday, Salty Joe. It was his birthday this past weekend. Saltiest of salts spent it on a new track layout in Bermuda that they finally got. And he had fun. So shout out to him. Remember, uh, NNRC Espanol is dropping on Friday as well. First episode. I don't know how I'm going to do that. I'm going to figure that out. And um, thank you, everybody. you can promote the Spanish invisible speech. I already already started that. Already on top of that. Don't worry about that. No. Okay. And all right. Well, anyway, thank you and shout out to all of the NNRC squad around the world. We can't do it without you guys. Keep hitting that sub button, that like, leaving comments, dislike button, 
leave reviews. We really need you to leave reviews on all the podcast apps. It helps us get out there in the stratosphere. Shout out to the patrons of the podcast. We can't do it without you guys. If you wish to become a patron of the podcast, you will get early release. So you'll know all of this information before everybody else. Right? Uh, and thank you for your support. You can do that. It's in the written link of this podcast. Shout out and thank you to all of the awesome sponsors and companies that support this podcast and the NNRC media movement. They are Invisible Speed, TZO Tires, High Tech RC, TNR Fuels, Beach RC, Techno RC, Lugs Racing Tires, Mayako, JQSM, G-Spec RC Tuning, Papa Willis Traction Tonic, Racecraft USA, Clinic RC, JTP RC. Don't forget to fill out your uh, House of RC profile. Looking forward to RCGP. Shout out to my boys, RC Kevin, The Viking, The Doctor, Robert Batty, all these guys, we need to get them, you know, we need to get these guys running decals and also putting the NNRC on their sponsor lists. I felt very bad about that. I even asked the Viking, I said, I thought we were friends, but I appreciate it. He just forgot. He just forgot. A lot of pressure. I didn't want to disrupt him. You know, victory is more important than getting my nitrous to glory shout, shout it out. JQ, anything to say before... I sign out. You always have something to say. Yeah. Uh, the Techno logo is bigger than the Mayako logo in the sponsors. We actually, you know, I'm actually waiting for Mao to do all of this. I've been waiting since the month before Christmas. So. I'll talk to my, 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 my branding manager right across her. who was supposed to have been doing this. And came down and we're gonna do all the branding for the podcast it's gonna be so awesome yeah 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 i got covid i'm dying yeah, yep it anyway it was good talking to you dude have a good one and, you have a lot uh, of sponsors too i'm amazed yeah well these are like david runnafalk rc kevin hagberg they're like friends so i just make them. Uh, well, i think we're friends oh i H think runnafalk and i are friends oh, jtp dr h yeah, that's Alex Hagberg, David Runfeld, Jared, who comes on once a month, who I need to get on. Maybe we add Badier to this too, when he starts doing the Spanish one. Yeah, man. All right, dude. Anyway, we got to go. Talk to you later. Nitrous Glory, e pays the bills. Lefty, mission accomplished. e wins DNC, dude. Oh, now you're all about e See, look at all that. Imagine what a pro win... Pro win does for JQ. He's all about e-buggy. Anyway, Joseph, short outro. We're out. Three hours. <laughs>